C Super Sai Guy. What up? What's good, Super Sai Guy? Ah, uh, you know, living that dream. Word. So, you know, I got a chance to um play the Marvel Avengers uh, beta game that's you know supposed to come out in September. Play the PC yeah. version. Yeah, I saw some of the screenshots from, that you posted from that. Dude, um, it was a really weird uh, beta. I've, I've beta tested before, and it kind of did it a little weird here. So, you download the, the, the game, you install the game, and apparently there is another install that you need to do for DLC. So this DLC... Um, it's like an enhanced textures deal. So it, it improves the graphics, right? So okay. I didn't I didn't see that, that DLC there because where they have the link uh placed at is very obscure. Like exceedingly so. And I it was a lot of people that did not know that it was even there until maybe the second day they were playing the game. And that was pretty much me. I am people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't know. And then I saw somebody on the Steam um, thing. They put a, um, a shared a link to a video of someone who, who discovered it and did a video about it because uh, he figured, rightly so, that a lot of people would completely miss that. And when I installed it, let me tell you, the reason those graphics look the way, don't, don't get me wrong, they looked okay um, when you did just a one install, that first install. But after that second one, jeez, it looks crazy. It looks absolutely crazy. But there are issues with this beta. Um, first of all, a lot of there's, there's, there's some stuttering going on over there, and that's from frame rate drops. I'm fairly certain of that. So it's not really optimized um, in the way that it that you know it should be, but it's a beta. But still, you know, usually when you play a beta, it's almost almost there. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's almost there. Yeah. And this seems like they still had issues to work out. Um, everything from the game crashing um, to now, I thought the sound drops was part of the beta, but because I've been having audio issues, now that I'm thinking about it, that it was before I fixed it. Yeah, it could have just been me. But even with that said, um, I didn't like the combat camera. Um, it didn't seem to uh, center the way I wanted it to. It was very easy to, um, to fool it. You move too suddenly in a certain direction and then the lock-on to the character you're fighting goes off and you gotta lock on again um i feel like in the beginning all of the characters pretty much feel the same yeah their, their moves look different um but as far as the amount of damage that it can do there's not that much of a difference between kamala khan and and thor or the hulk and that's crazy right i mean yeah, but I kind of get why they're doing that. So you're not, like, forced to play one character all the time, right? Like, Yeah, and you know what? It, if, if Thor and Hulk did their full damage that they could in reality, 
why would you ever play someone else. like Black Widow? Right. And that's that's the thing, though. If it's not, like, explicitly a stealth mission or something, you Facts. would never play Black Widow. But that's you a, would never play Hawkeye. Who's you would a never play Hawkeye. For everyone. You would never play Hawkeye. But when you start upgrading your character, their skill set going up their skill tree, okay, so now this is where things become interesting. <laughs> like, I legitimately felt like Iron Man. Because, like nice. I said, when you, when you first play as him, he's bare bones. Like, um, he has the repulsive blast. He can fly, of course, and all of that. But, you know, Iron Man has a myriad of weaponry in his armor. Once I built him up, that's when he felt like Iron Man. And he wasn't even built really all the way up. I really probably got him up to a certain level where I had enough skill points. And I just unlocked all of his weapons without their upgrades. And even with just those, he started to feel like Iron Man. Same with Hulk. The moment you start upgrading them, that's when you see the damage start to take place. So, I didn't... And again, that kind of makes sense. You're trying to build it up so, like, you have to upgrade, you have to train, Mm -hmm. you have to start doing this stuff before you actually start feeling like, hey, man, I am the badass. Right, (laughs) right. And, you know, it's it's got got RPG elements, so that makes sense. You know, you, you build your character stats up. And that's pretty much what it is here. Um, by the time I did that, uh, they all of the characters felt like they were where they, they should be. And here's the other thing that I found remarkable. Because I have used um, AI before in games. And a lot of times, they're a bunch of bumbling idiots. Um, they're not really all that helpful, to be honest. In this game, though, no, sir, because you got a four-man team, and when you're out there fighting, and it's like hordes of minions, AIM robots was mostly the, the bad guys in the beta. Hordes of these dudes coming, everything from foot soldiers to, to guys in these exo, giant exoskeletons to these giant mechs, right? When you're out there fighting, just take a look around in the fight because the AI is kicking ass. Like, they're out there actually helping. I was, uh, I played as, uh, as Iron Man one, this one time, and I mean, man, the Hulk, Widow, Kamala, they were out there serving up soup bones. Like, just beating the shit. And not only were they beating the shit out of the minions, keeping them off me, but, you know, you go in certain areas in the game, they got these torrents up on the wall taking pot shots at you while you're on the ground doing melee shit. They were smart enough to go, oh, we got to take that out. <laughs> and they don't. Oh, nice. Yeah, they go and take that shit out. And if you get um, injured to the point where you're kind of knocked out, um, they will fight their way over to where you are. And as long as they stay in close proximity to you, you'll begin to heal and then like get back into the fight. And they did that consistently. The only time they didn't is when they couldn't, when they were hard-pressed themselves and couldn't get over there. But I have never felt like I was playing with a team in any other game where you had AI, not in Skyrim. <laughs> None of those. 
Yeah, I remember the AI in Skyrim. It's like, God damn it, get out of my way. Stop walking me in rooms. They were fucking idiots. Like, they would follow you into the room, Mm -hmm. but they would stand right in the doorway in the perfect spot where you literally could not get out (laughs) every time. Every goddamn time. You didn't really have to worry about that. I mean, they were on point. And this is just the beta. So this is what I'm hoping. The game releases September 4th, right? I And also, yeah. we're supposed to get another beta. They're going to let us beta test again this Friday. Starting this Friday. I'm hoping, A, it's a more expanded part of the game that allows us to use more of the other characters. Because um, Thor is what was missing. And, uh, yeah, Thor was the only one that was missing. Because uh, Cab is missing, too, but that's part of the story. Um, I'm hoping they'll let us use Thor. And I got a chance to uh, take a glimpse at his, uh, somehow somebody found a way to use Thor as a character in the beta. And they uploaded it on um, YouTube. And he's amazing. He's absolutely fucking amazing. And th- his skill tree is deep, like all the rest of this. And it's, 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 it's remarkable. So I'm hoping when we get this beta, they will, all of the feedback that we gave, that they will have nailed most of it. You know what I'm saying? And then by yeah. the time, you know, September 4th gets here, it's a fairly polished, optimized. I am willing to accept that it might need a patch or whatever, right? I'm willing to accept that. What I'm not willing to accept is if September 4th comes around and we have what we had in the beta. Because it was cool. They had to play it. I enjoyed it. But those, a lot of those, um, those issues, some of them are game breaking, you know. So, if they need to uh, delay the release, if they can't get it, I would prefer they did that, than then release um, something that's just an utter mess. Because what it'll do is it'll fuck up the whole um, MMO kind of MMO portion of it. The well, I shouldn't say MMO. I should say more multiplayer because it's not yeah. technically an MMO. But it will fuck that up because people won't want to play it. it it's co-op. Co-op, like, that's it. It goes up to, like, what, four players or whatever? Four that, players. That's co-op. That's co-op, you know. But people won't want to play it if it's a, a hot mess and it starts getting bad reviews. And, you know, a, lot, a, lot, a yeah. lot of people won't won't go off of their own experience. They'll see a bad review and decide not to fuck with it. So that's what I'm hoping. But overall... Like, like, when he took the beta away uh, Monday morning, I felt the way. Like, damn, I want to play that shit again. So, to me, that's a good sign. Even with the, the bugs and all that other shit, I still wanted to go in there and play again. But it's dope. It's dope. And I'm hoping they get that shit fixed by September 4th, for real. Yeah. So, let's get into some of these stories. Uh, I'll let you hit the first one. All right, uh, DC Comics staff told about layoffs today. Ooh. DC Universe first. This is from August 10th, but this sucks. Still, so just over a week ago. Yeah, it sucks. sucks. Layoffs at Warner Brothers have been widely expected over the weekend, and this morning, Bleeding Cool learned that this would include DC Comics as well, mm-hmm. including editorial staff. 
Variety has numbered 650 layoffs coming from Warner Brothers, while HBO is expected to lose up to 175 staff. Wow. Which tops about 800 staff. Wow. These come in the wake of a major overhaul at Warner Brothers, led by new Warner CEO Jason Kyler. Change have already, or changes have already seen HBO Max programming leaders Bob Greenblatt, Kevin Riley, and Keith Kokoza go as part of an attempt to merge Warner Media's production operations into one. As Warner's chief, Ann Sarnoff is now in charge of developing content for HBO Max, while Andy Forsell, general manager of HBO Max is now in charge of the new entity, while HBO's Casey Bloys has also expanded responsibilities. In a memo to staff, Kyler talked about reducing the size of our teams, our layers, and our overall workforce. And that seems to be what's going down right now. There are a number who expect DC Universe to be absorbed in all of this, which might make the upcoming DC Fandom Online event a little awkward. Just a bit. DC Comics did, however, not respond to inquiries made this morning. <laughs> Wait a minute, I don't, I don't like how they wrote that, but go ahead. <laughs> Update, Bleeding Cool is being told that staff were just told they are being laid off and their positions will be eliminated in December. Wow. Here's the memo in full look to updated LinkedIn entries for updates. Team, it has been a little over 90 days since I joined the mission and the team. These past three months have exceeded my already high expectations. As I shared with you recently, my bullishness about our future has only grown as I've gotten to know you much better and as I've gotten to know our company much better. Uh -huh. As some of you may recall, I shared three thoughts with you on my first day email. That history was filled with examples of special entrepreneurial companies that leaned into moments of great change in order to better serve customers that are taking smart and bold risks is so important to the road ahead. And my belief that missionary companies ultimately shine and my strong belief that ours is a team filled with missionaries. I don't like missionaries. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they cause more problems than anything else. Yeah. With the above as context, I'd like to share some decisions I am announcing today that represent our leaning into this great moment of change in order to better serve our customers. These changes, which are neither timid nor without risk, are possible in part because we are missionaries that ultimately believe we can and will change the world through story. That is what this all comes back to. Because of the gift that is the internet, we have what I believe is one of the greatest opportunities in the history of media, which is to deliver our beloved stories and experiences directly to hundreds of millions of consumers across the globe. Earning this ambitious future won't come easy. To do so, I believe it is vital that we change how we are organized, that we simplify, that we act boldly and with urgency. Pandemics, economic pressures, and acceleration of direct-to-consumer streaming adoption places an even higher premium on these points. To accomplish this, we are going to do the following. We are elevating HBO Max in the organization and expanding its scope globally. We are simplifying how we organize our studios. We are creating a consolidation international unit focused on sit, uh, scale and efficiency. We are bringing our key commercial activities into one group to allow us to operate more strategically. We are making other structural changes that will help us operate more effectively. And then it basically starts going into a bunch of the guys, yeah. what their jobs are. Uh. 
and that they're replacing certain aspects. Let me ask you a question. So, when they say that they're about to do these layoffs and everything, and uh, he mentioned something about how the direct-to-consumer thing is like a, a huge factor in why they have to, you know, restructure and all of this. That would mean to me that you really wouldn't fuck, fuck around and mess with the DC Universe app, you would bolster... There, there is another article about that, mm -hmm. and I actually just adjusted it because there's three separate articles we're going to cover today that kind of deal with Warner Brothers and DC and their layoffs, so right. I moved it to the third one there, So, because we'll, I do have something to say about that app. Right, right, right. And part of why I think they are shuffling it Hmm. I don't know, man. It's, and it makes me wonder too. Um, so those people that are company people, uh, comic book fans, that uh, maybe Marvel uh, fanboys, there are some of them that are probably be tempted to see this as some sort of a perverse win. I do not, and I hope this works for them, because I do not want to see DC Comics. Uh, just be completely non-competitive. I don't want to see that. I want to see them being able to push the envelope with content to keep Marvel on its fucking toes. And in the process, give us some good goddamn content. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even, even though I, I lean Marvel, I know what complacency can can do to a company that's not being challenged to uh, uh, go beyond what they did previously. Like, I know what that does to companies. And I don't want to be in a position some years from now where Marvel's looking like shit. Listen, we all saw what happened to the WWE. The worst, yeah. the worst thing that happened to the WWE was Vince McMahon buying WCW. It was the worst thing. And it's like... They no longer had any direct competition. Yeah, there were other territories, other uh, 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 um, uh, companies, but they were nowhere near the size and scope of the WWE. So they didn't offer much in the way of competition, and if anything, uh, maybe unbeknownst to a lot of them, they really served as like, like fucking training farms. You know, where they had these guys that get in these smaller territories, smaller companies, show their ass, eventually get seen by some talent, um, uh, uh, people looking for talent in the WWE, and they eventually woo them over there with the bigger check and more lights and more cameras and all this other shit. Yeah. And it didn't work out too well. Like, WWE, I know I stopped watching, and, and from time to time, I might. Uh, check out something on YouTube to see if there's anything in there I'm interested in. And it's been a few things, but nothing that made me want to come back full time to watch a whole episode. Um, I don't want yeah. to see that happen with Marvel. I, I just I just don't. I really don't want to see that happen. So um, I'm hoping this works, man. I, I do. But yeah, let's hope they get their shit together. Yeah. Let's hope that happens. Um, so the second story, speaking of Warner Brothers and DC layoffs, 
DC titles are being canceled in my listen, listen. This is not good. This is not, on mass. On this is not good, man. Like, this is not good. All right. Um. Yeah. DC cancels Teen Titans, Young Justice, Suicide Squad, Hawkman, and more. DC is culling its line with the cancellation of multiple titles in November. Following the cancellations of Batgirl, Batman and the Outsiders, and Justice League Odyssey in October, more DC titles are scheduled to get the axe in November. DC just released November solicitations reveal uh, that Teen Titans, Young Justice, Suicide Squad, Hawkman, and John Constantine, Hellblazer are all ending in November with a cryptic message about Aquaman that makes the title's fate questionable. The Batman's Grave and Metal Men Limited series will also reach their planned end in November. Teen Titans is the longest-running title on the list with the new creative team, Robbie Thompson and Javier Fernandez, recently joining the title with issue uh, number 39. Robin betrayed them, Superboy abandoned them, now the only Teen Titans left are Crush, Kid Flash, Red Arrow, and Roundhouse. Reads the solicitation for Teen Titans issue 47, the series' final issue. As the Teen Titans wrap up what may be their final mission, they are going to get some unexpected encouragement from a group that knows a little about how hard it is to be heroes. Special guest stars, the original Titans, prove there may be still some good in this, this team can do in the future. Meanwhile, Brian, Brian Michael Bendis is joined by artist Scott uh, Godlewski. Is that how you pronounce that? Godlewski. Godlewski. And Naomi uh, co-writer David F. Walker. My daughter is into the Naomi uh, series. For the finale of Young Justice, marking the first Wonder Comics ongoing title to end since the imprint launched. For the first time in months, the entire Young Justice team comes together to face a threat bigger than anything they faced before, reads the Young Justice issue 20. Just as the team has come to grips with their fractured legacy, someone from Young Justice past will come back to murder them. Guest starring the Wonder Twins, Dow H for Hero and Naomi, plus some other Wonder Comics surprises too hot to mention here. Don't miss the final issue from the Eisen Eisner uh, Award-nominated co-writers of Naomi. Then, following the big news of Deadshot's death in Suicide Squad 9, the Injustice uh, Gods Among Us team, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redundo, that's a weird name, um, conclude their short run on Suicide Squad. The explosive final issue is here. Task Force X has been through hell and back reads the solicitation for Suicide Squad 11. Now they're the last thing standing between a human bomb and an island full of innocents, which means that even if they win the day, there's nowhere to run when the Justice League arrives to clean house. Fresh off his short stint on Justice League, Robert Vendetti's Hawkman also comes to a close. He's lived and died and lived again, but now with just one life left to live and the reincarnation cycle at its end, Will Hawkman sacrifice everything to protect the woman he loves from the cursed blade of Hathset? Uh, reads DC description of Hawkman, issue 29. 
Learn the fate of Hawkman and Hawkwoman in a tale that will take you to the edge of time and space. Jesus, man. This shit reads like the apocalypse, this shit. Um, John Constantine, Hellblazer 12, will mark the final issue of Simon Spurs and Aaron Campbell's black label run on the character. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much uh, done with these solicitations. Um, Unlike the titles listed above, Aquaman 65 does not have a final issue. Um... Included in its list, but does mention a finale. And guest starring the Justice League in a finale that will amaze you. Do you think that's an Easter egg for Amazo? Nah, probably not. Um, Kelly Sue DeKarnak has confirmed that Aquaman 65 will mark her departure from the series, but has not confirmed whether the title will end where she leaves. DC has not responded to Newsarama's inquiries about the status of Aquaman. This wave of cancellations arrives just after DC underwent sweeping editorial and executive changes, including multiple layoffs of longtime staffers. Yo. So yeah, Aquaman is not coming to an end. It is just the end of the story ah, arc and okay. run from Kelly Sue. And uh, basically, she even talked about how she actually had planned to leave a few months ago. Mm. And that the story kind of got dragged on a bit. Because I believe she's also a teacher. Mm-hmm. So she needs to, like, focus on that, which is why it was try- she was trying to end it a couple months ago, and it kind of got dragged on a bit. Right. So that's what the end of the Aquaman is, is more the end of her run. Okay. Um, so there was a follow-up article that literally just clarified that, and there's nothing else to add to it, so. Right. Um... Still, if even if you pull the Aquaman shit to the side, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Uh, it, it, is this part of a larger story that they're they're gonna do? You know, with you know the team, like Teen Titans, being betrayed and all this other shit like that. Like, is this a part of a larger uh, story that we're just not seeing now? And they're starting a new team, or like, what the fuck is going on over there? Well, it, like I said, it looks like they're canceling a lot of issues in a real short period and I mean Marvel's been doing it too but it's been done it's been handled two different ways like Marvel has been just canceling a lot of like side issues and tie-in issues or like limited runs that they've been canceling as a whole right but when they've been canceling it's been canceled immediately yeah. Where DC seems to be letting all their writers, they're canceling a lot of runs, including some main runs, but they're letting them finish the story arc first. So that's weird, man. It's weird. It, it seems to be two different ways of handling it, but it seems weird that like DC is like ending a bunch of like Teen Titans was fairly successful. Yeah. I don't I don't know how well Justice League Odyssey was doing, but that uh, was like the one where like Darkseid was on the team. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, then there was it was like Darkseid, uh, Starfire, Cyborg, the Jessica Cruz Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Why At least Darkseid it was early. I think I read up. the first like five issues or whatever. See, I don't understand why Darkseid would need a team. So he must be nerfed like a motherfucker. It's got to be something that nerfed him. But yeah, it was like it seems like they're canceling a lot of like big major runs like Hawkman's not a small run no not at all 
Teen Titans was one of their more successful runs re- in recent history. Like, right. They're canceling some pretty big runs, and that seems weird. Weird and a bit uh, concerning, right? Yeah. Just a bit concerning, yeah. And then the third one involving DC layoffs is uh, DC Universe on its last legs. Boo! DC's Jim Lee confirms original shows will be moved to HBO Max. Following major layoffs earlier this week and reports of the DC Universe possibly being on its last legs, DC Comics publisher and CCO Jim Lee has confirmed all the original shows will be moving to HBO Max. After a shocking series of layoffs earlier this week, which led, uh, which left a third of the DC Comics editorial staff and a vast majority of the DC Universe staff without a job, New details have emerged from publisher and chief creative officer Jim Lee regarding the future of the seemingly doomed streaming service. And I think it should be noted that this service Mm -hmm. lasted, like, what, less than a year? Yeah, dude. And a big part of this is the fact that it launched in the United States only. Which was dumb. No other country in the world had access to the DC universe. That is so fucking dumb. And I really do believe that that is the main reason it failed. You're cutting off that much of your people. Like, and then it's like, well, everyone's watching all this stuff illegally. Yeah. Because they literally could not subscribe to this. Dude. And the thing is, it's not like this, that this is an expensive um, subscription. So, if you would have just gave them access to the shit, there's plenty of those people over there well, that would have paid I mean, for that. There is some things that could cause issues too. Like uh, some countries have laws on a certain amount of content has to be produced in that country or oh, whatever. Sure. Like I know, I know Canada has a lot of laws like that. It's why Canadian Netflix and American Netflix, uh-huh. despite syndicated television being almost exactly the same right has such different catalogs it's Uh, because canadian any canadian streaming based streaming service or thing that's going into canada has to have a certain percentage of canadian content and shows like any of the arrowverse shows which are all i think outside of supergirl Mm mm-hmm were all produced in Vancouver and shot in Vancouver. Yeah, Supernatural. Same, same with Supernatural. Mm-hmm. They're not considered Canadian. Wow. Um, they're not considered produced in Canada because wow. even though it's all shot out here, it's all all the stuff is done in the U.S. for it. Right. Hmm. Just like all, all the outside of extras, all the casting calls are done in the U.S., so it's not considered Canadian content. Right. So... Be, and I think that percentage has to be like 30% Canadian content, which means like we're extremely limited in the amount of what content we get. Right. So that I could see that being a fairly large problem for something like DC Universe. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of countries aren't quite as strict as what Canada is, but the fact that they only had it in the United States. Right, right, right is not doing them any Any favors. favors. Not at all. Not at all. 
Yeah, it's like, in a lengthy new interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Lee confirmed that all original content from the DC Universe will indeed be moving to the recently launched HBO Max. At some point before the end of the year, this would presumably include the third season of Titans, which the first two seasons were co-produced with Netflix, right? the fourth season of Young Justice, and the new respective seasons of Doom Patrol and Harley Quinn. Granted, of course, that both are renewed for follow-up outings because neither of them have been renewed. Oh, shit. It was previously announced that Stargirl would be moving to CW exclusively for its second season, while Swamp Thing remains cancelled. <laughs> With the move, HBO Max will further bolster its already impressive upcoming lineup of original DC programming, which includes the likes of Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, DC Superhero High, Strange Adventures, an untitled live-action GCPD series. <coughs> Gotham. Set, set, yeah, except not <laughs> Gotham. It's a, a new one, and it's set in the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, the Batman universe. Yeah, not, not to mention the Snyder Cut and everything else. Mm-hmm. As for the rest of the DC universe, it appears as though it will remain active in some capacity with its backlist catalog of nearly 25,000 different comic titles. But details are currently murky at best, with Lee promising to divulge more at a later date. So, I actually uh, enjoyed the DC Universe app. Sure, it was a bit wonky, but it had a lot of content on there that I um, enjoyed watching. Especially, you know, I work from home, so I would have that on while... I um did my work, and I really I'm glad I jumped into the the, the Teen Titans uh, series when I did, so I can you know get familiar with all that. But I don't know, man. Like a lot of this shit, man, that, that that's happening with DC is really concerning to me. It really is, man, because I don't want to see them like go the way of the dodo. I, I don't. I don't think it's I don't yeah. think it's good for comics at all. I don't think it's good for comics. I really don't. And they have completely mismanaged their IP um, when it comes to their movie outings um, this go round because it hasn't always been this way. Like early on, they had good shit that people was into. Um, the Michael Keaton Batman people was was into that. Hell, when when I was a kid. The Christopher Reeves Superman. These were big hits. You know, so... Yeah. I, um, it's, no, like, like I said, one of their biggest problems, the fact that the DC Universe whole setup was based America only. No other country had access to yeah, it unless they're really using a VPN. Dumb, dumb idea. And then you combine that with the fact that they're really pushing HBO for live action and stuff like that. Right, right. And at this point, it's like you're having Warner Brothers with three or four separate streaming services. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of overwhelming. It's like, why are you putting this many streaming services when it's all your content? Admittedly, Disney's not perfect on it, given that they have like a controlling share in Hulu as well. Right. 
and they are putting some of it, but like the majority of their stuff is on all the one service. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's also causing a problem is the fact that they have so many separate streaming services that are all theirs. Because I think, mm-hmm. like, the CW Seed or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, like, streaming, streaming CW stuff. That's all mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. You have the HBO. You have DC Universe. And I think there's, like, one other one they have. And it's like, yeah, you're competing with yourself at this point. You're, you're, you're spending money advertising to get customers. That would already be going to you. Yeah, it's got time to streamline. It is. I, I see that. Now. It's time to streamline. Um, but again, you're not setting yourself up for success if you don't allow access in Canada or in Europe or in Africa or in Asia. Right. Like, if the United States is the only place you can access it, mm-hmm. then you're not setting yourself up. And I know that's actually a problem with HBO. Right. Because uh, their streaming service that they've had for years now is blocked in Canada already and has wow. been for years. Wow. So unless you subscribe to it through cable, you already can't get this stuff in Canada. Jeez. Unless they've changed it recently. I haven't checked it out in the last year or two, but I know a couple years ago, mm-hmm. probably three or four, I was trying to get it and it was like, yeah, this service isn't available in Canada. It's like, well, I was trying to give you my money so I could watch right. this stuff, but I guess not <laughs> right. anymore. Right? Right? They turned away money. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I don't know, man. Like I said, this shit worries me. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll really just have to take a wait and see um, with this and how it shakes out. Uh, whichever way it does shake out, uh, we'll, we certainly keep uh, the listeners abreast of it but I hope it works for him I really do because I don't want to see that shit go anywhere I really don't um, but anyway the next story Sha LeBeau, LeBeau is am I pronouncing that right LeBeau or LeBeau I'm so horrible with names um, being eyed for X-Men role and no it's not Moon Knight <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Charles Char- Char- might be may only be thirty four years old, but he's been working solidly for over twenty years now, and already finds himself in the midst of the fourth distinctive stage of his constantly evolving career. Having broken out as a child star and appeared in the likes of uh, Even Stevens, The X Files, ER, and Holes, he became a fixture. Big budget box office hits after leading Michael Bay's first three Transformers movies. Eagle Eye and Disturbia, along with snagging supporting roles in I, Robot, Constantine, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Crystal Skull, and Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. From there, he turned his back on mainstream fare and frequently found himself in the headlines for his bizarre and eccentric behavior before reinventing himself yet again as an acclaimed dramatic talent that always fully immerses himself into his characters. In fact, he's even been labeled as the finest actor of his generation. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> this is not, I have never heard that one thrown shot. around. Trust me, I am not taking a shot. I like shot. 
I've never heard that. Yeah. No, I, I've enjoyed a lot of his roles too, but again, I've never heard finest actor of his generation. <laughs> okay, we see what's happening here. Your publicist had a hand. Okay, it's fine. Um, a return to the studio system has frequently been rumored, of course, with LeBeau once said to be among the top contenders to play the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Moon Knight. However, we've now heard from our sources the same ones that told us a She-Hawk show is coming to Disney Plus and the live-action Robin Hood remake is in the works at Disney, both of which were correct, that Marvel may want him to play Iceman in their X-Men reboot instead. According to our intel, the bow is still under consideration for Moon Knight, but is no longer viewed as one of the top choices. However, having watched his recent resurgence with great interest, Marvel are keen to work with him, and they now see a role as one of the X-Men as another possible way of bringing him into the fold while still easing him back into the big-budget environment that he previously sworn off. If the two sides can agree to a deal, then the idea of Shia LeBeau playing one of, X-Men, one of the X-Men is a hugely exciting prospect. And signing on as a secondary player like Iceman would also keep the pressure off the star, the star's notor- notoriously volatile shoulders. That ain't, I seen the video. Have you seen the video? He was out there. Which one? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, true. The, <laughs> the one where he punched a Nazi? Because that video no, was that's great. That's awesome. I'm talking about the one where he was out in the street yelling at his mom and his sister. Oh, it's no, kinda, I have not seen that one. Kind of old, but it's also kind of crazy. I did see him go on Sway and drop a... F- one of the five fingers of death freestyles. It was it. actually really he impressive. It. He killed it. He killed it. I don't know, man. Like, I'm a fan. Cause he's a lot of the stuff he's been in, I enjoyed. You know? Even the stuff that would some might some might consider to be a little uh light, like the that last Indiana Jones movie. I went to see that in the movie theaters and didn't like it, but I watched it again on TV, and I thought it was alright, because venue matters, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I should just save my money, wait for it to come out on, on cable, but whatever the case is, like, him playing Iceman, I can see it, sure, why not, I didn't have anybody, you know, in mind for that role in the first place, and he's an experienced actor, pretty sure if he immerses himself in that role, it could be actually very interesting, even if he is just a secondary character, it could be very interesting for him, so... I don't know. I'm with it. What you think? Or would you prefer him as Moon Knight? Oh, it's it's so tough because like I I do really want Keanu Reeves to play Moon Knight, even if that's not likely to same, happen. Same, same. But Shia could absolutely nail some of the personalities of Moon Knight, like especially uh, Jake the like the Jake Lockley personality, mm-hmm. like the gritty grimy cab driver mm-hmm. one he would absolutely nail that yeah i agree and like even just his normal look kind of looks similar to that yep. in the comics yep. and it's like all right that was uh so i could i still would rather him for something like that but again the whole they're trying to keep him away from a starring role and keep him in more of a supporting role right an x-men role would work pretty well too yeah yeah 
again for the whole ensemble thing rather than anything else no i agree i agree um let's go to this uh next one ray fishers is back in the news for us again (laughs) but after playing justice league cyborg accuses former dc head jeff johns of threatening his career wow i knew no good could come of that last story Justice League star Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in the film, claims former DC Entertainment president Jeff Johns threatened his career. Uh, Though DC Extended Universe fans had high hopes for Justice League when it was released in 2017, the film ended up being a disappointment. It underperformed at the box office, and many criticized its story. Um... villain and other elements as well this result was partly chalked up to Joss Whedon finishing the movie after director Zack Snyder departed the project and we've discussed how their styles are almost polar opposites so it's understandable why it seemed to be a bigger mess than most DC movies were Right, right. Whedon made changes during reshoots that drastically altered the final result of the Snyder cut original vision Many Justice League actors, especially Fisher, have championed Snyder and his mission to release his cut of the film, which will finally debut next year on HBO Max. However, in the process of voicing his support for Snyder, Fisher has discussed serious issues he claims he experienced during the project, particularly after Snyder departed. Last month, he slammed Whedon for his gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable treatment of cast and crew. However, in the same tweet, Fisher claimed Whedon was enabled by Johns and producer John Berg. Since then, he has continued to speak out about his time working on Justice League, again calling Johns and Berg enablers and saying Whedon should be scared of the Justice League reshoot details. (laughs) Now, Fisher has again mentioned Johns specifically in a new message posted on Twitter. In it, he discusses an interaction that took place in Jeff Johns' office, accusing the former DC boss of threatening his career at the time. During the LA reshoots for Justice League, Jeff Johns summoned me to his office to belittle and admonish my and my agents' attempts to take grievances up the proper chain of command. He then made a thinly veiled threat to my career. This behavior cannot continue. And I'm wondering if that grievance is his extreme dislike of saying the phrase booyah because he has complained about that on multiple occasions. Right, right, right. Though Whedon and Johns haven't responded to Fisher's worrying comments about his experience on Justice League, Berg did soon after Fisher's initial accusation. He denied the claims of enabling unprofessional behavior and claimed Fisher was bothered about being asked to say Booyah, <laughs> which is Cyborg's catchphrase in the animated series Teen Titans and its spinoff Teen Titans Go. It remains to be seen if this latest statement from Fisher directly aimed at Johns will finally result in a response. Fisher's claims that Johns threatened his career is arguably the biggest takeaway from his latest accusation and one of the most definitive statements he has made. Fisher names one specific interaction rather than speaking to a general experience, which may cause more people to pay attention to his claims. 
Additionally, if others at DC had similar experiences, this may be the push they need to come forward. In the meantime, it's clear Fisher will continue to speak out about his experience on Justice League to the best of his ability, even if it means calling out some very powerful people. Well, yeah, and listen, if he was uh, threatened, the best way to protect your career is to be open, openly come out and just say it in public. So when, when the fuckery starts to happen, it can be directly pointed to, you know, these uh, comments that he that he that he made, um, I don't man. This shit is it, it's crazy because the unfortunate thing about being um, in the movie business is a lot of your uh, personnel issues tend to play out in the press. Um, like I said, I don't know the real story behind any of this. I don't know whose side is right, whose side is whatever. But I gotta say, like. Why not just say booyah? Like, dude, you you didn't invent the character Cyborg. He's not yours. You don't own any sort of intellectual rights to that character. If that's something and he it, says and the crowd likes a it. a fan favorite phrase yeah. of his, and he was a fan favorite character of that generation grew, who grew up watching that show. Right. Why not just say it? Look, listen. It's bad enough you was out there looking like aluminum foil with Christmas lights. That's bad enough as it is. But the more you could have done to connect people to that character as being cyborg, I think the better. And it's just a little work. Come on, man. Yeah. It's like, okay, If, if his career got threatened, he absolutely has legitimate grievances absolutely absolutely and again i i believe we've discussed it in the past about well not not the initial one because the initial report about him criticizing whedon we didn't know the details right, of, but right. now we actually kind of do right right where it was heavily him just saying like snyder's version of things is stupid and doesn't understand where it was it's like okay again that's heavily directorial styles right and yeah it was kind of unprofessional but i would hardly say it was abusive yeah exactly exactly unprofessional yes abusive not really really like like trashing the work of the guy that you came in to replace kind of a bitch move yeah not very professional it's like i'd get that but Hard to say it was full-on abusive, not like you saying, oh, all of you are fucking garbage because you agreed (laughs) to do this. Like, no, that's (laughs) that's not what's going on here. And and the fact that Whedon was big on trying to push the booyah phrase, and, like, that's really what seems to be starting most of it. That seems like the uh, epicenter of a lot of this um, to me. And if that's the case, I gotta say... um, and this sounds weird because this is a comic book um, <laughs> uh, movie. Grow up, though. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just say the damn word and keep it moving. Like, Yeah. I, 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 I hope it works itself out in a way in which Ray Fisher, um, I feel like he's protected himself now, hopefully, by, by talking about his career being threatened. And no, I'm not, I'm not down with anybody threatening people's people's careers over a disagreement, uh, artistic disagreement. But 
You should have just said booyah. <laughs> just say, yeah. Just say that shit. So uh, the next story, um, fairly interesting one. Spider-Man 3 is expected to debut one of the new members of the Avengers. Actually excited to hear this. Iron Man and Black Widow may have met their demise when Captain America chose to retire from the superhero life to grow old with Peggy Carter. But there are still more than enough Avengers left on the table for the next time Earth's mightiest heroes are forced to assemble. The climatic battle in Avengers Endgame just went to show the depth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's roster, and that's without even considering the huge number of new characters that are set to debut throughout Phase 4 and beyond. The old guard might be on the way out, with replacements for the Hulk, Hawkeye, and Thor already waiting in the wings, but all signs point to Tom Holland's Spider-Man stepping up to fulfill the potential that his mentor, Tony Stark, obviously saw in the youngster. Of course, he's going to have to clear his name first, with Spider-Man 3 set to follow Peter Parker on the run after being framed for the murder of Mysterio and having his secret identity exposed to the world by that dastardly J. Jonah Jameson. But it seems more than likely the status quo will have returned to at least some sense of normalcy by the time the credits roll. Captain Marvel is expected to be the next leader of the team, but based on what we've heard, another hero will be sent on a recruitment drive to ensure that Spidey remains a key member of the new Avengers. According to our intel, which comes from the same sources that told us that Disney were working on live-action remakes of Bambi and Robin Hood months before they were announced, Sam Wilson's Captain America will reportedly cameo in Spider-Man 3. The first season of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier will apparently end with Sam suiting up in his star-spangled finest, so his appearance in the Web Slinger's third outing would likely mark his big-screen debut as the new Cap. And while it won't be a major role, and will likely be confined to the credits, it will nonetheless give us a better idea of what kind of threat could be forcing Sam to, into getting the band back together and forming the new Avengers so soon after Thanos has been vanquished. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I wonder what twist Marvel is going to put on the, um, on the new Cap. Because... In the comics, uh, when Falcon became Cap, he didn't get any extra new powers. He got a shield and the the position. But it's not like he was a super soldier in the same way that Captain America was and Winter Soldier was. So, a lot of the things we got used to seeing Captain America do on screen, it's going to look a little different with Sam's Cap. Oh, yeah. It's going to look, you know, the fighting style, all of that. So I'm wondering what kind of um, what kind of uh, uh, changes to the lore is Marvel going to do during the Falcon and Winter Soldier series? Are they going to somehow find a way to um, get Sam some uh, Super Soldier serum? Like what's going to happen? Or they're just going to let it roll with what he can do now and all of that? He he looks like from the clip I saw, I saw a trailer or whatever. Definitely was practicing with the um, shield, trying to get that toss right. So. Oh yeah, well I mean if it if it's anything like the comics, mm -hmm. he's not getting super soldier serum or anything else. But that's not to say he's not already 
fairly strong. I mean, yeah. Wilson was all due to regular training with Cap, sure. sparring with Cap, sparring with guys like Bucky and everything else. Facts. He's already a rather formidable fighter, and he was a formidable fighter even before teaming Facts. up with Cap. All you got to do is watch uh, the Winter Soldier movie. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like, the guy's military trained, special ops, all this other stuff. He knows how to handle himself in a fight. Right. Right. So he doesn't necessarily need the super soldier serum, especially given that he's already fairly strong, like mm-hmm. well above what your average human would be. I'd, I'd say he's probably already stronger than someone like Black Widow or Hawkeye. Facts. Facts. That's, That's true. It's a good point. And then given the wings and everything else, because he does actively use that as Captain America, yep. he becomes more of a of almost like an aerial strategist. Like he he's hitting you from above. He's able to get to places quicker. So it's above, behind, beside. He'll throw a shield at you, jump up, get behind you, and catch the shield behind you and just sort of smack you around that way, right? <laughs> right. Like, right. Like he, he he's not inexperienced, it, though it takes a while to learn to use the shield, and that's something everyone who's been Captain America says. Winter Soldier also talked about that. It's like, yeah, you know, I remember almost decapitating someone the first time I threw it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, for anyone who doesn't remember, Winter Soldier was Captain America for a oh, while. Yeah, yeah. And if you thought the black Captain America was was unpopular in the comics, because yeah. we all know in real life he was far more unpopular. Exactly. But in the comics... He may have been unpopular, but Winter Soldier was a literal war criminal assassin taking up the mantle. Facts. He was quite unpopular. Facts. That's a fact. That is a... And, like, they, they've joked about it, and, like, they also... And it's something that we've kind of... All right, and one of the other things that they've done that I've appreciated because it's a good nod to the comics mm-hmm. is how it's almost like a brotherly relationship between Falcon oh, and Winter Soldier. I love that, Soldier. man. I love that. Like, I love that. Because you got to remember, during Falcon's tenure as Captain America, mm-hmm. he was regularly teaming up with Winter Soldier, and at the time, Captain America was old Cap. Right. And they would always constantly make fun. It's like, oh, careful, dad's coming over here. We can't party anymore. <laughs> Things like that. Just like all this stupid little stuff. Like they were basically acting like they were brothers and right. that Steve was their dad. You kind of saw that relationship in the movies too. Absolutely. How, like Absolutely. when Cap was going out to talk to someone, you see like both of them in the back just sort of look at each other and nod like, all right. <laughs> or what about when uh, Winter Soldier was in the back seat and he asked uh, uh, Falcon, could you move the seat up? Falcon was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's straight up. They're acting like they're brothers. And it's like, that that's a nice nod to the comics because really in the comics, they really do act like they're brothers. Yeah, they, um, it almost reminds me of uh, the way people in Multiworld act. 
<laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm just saying, kind of, kind of reminiscent of that. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it's good. I, I think for them to def, they definitely need to um, kind of somewhat saturate and tease uh, the Falcon being Captain America thing. And I'm gonna tell you something: as much backlash. As you know, why well, I don't even know if it was a whole lot. I know it was a very a very vocal minority probably that had an issue with him getting the shield. And I was like, I feel like you didn't even watch any of these movies for real because who has been cap, had caps back this entire time? Like it's Falcon. And it's also I mean, Bucky, Bucky did too, but at the same time, Bucky has that whole, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell happened to me. Like, we're still... Yeah, he's not suitable. Like, even, the world he, sees even though, away. yeah, and even though he's, thanks to, like, Wakanda and T'Challa mm-hmm. and Shuri mm-hmm. and all that, he they're pretty sure all the brainwashing is done. He still has that bit of doubt. He's like, yeah. there's still something could come up. And it's why, like, Falcon even offered him the shield. He's he like, no, man, he left it for you. Right. It's right. like, that ain't mine. That's for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I, I think that the moment uh, Falcon shows up in his badass cap costume, all will be forgiven. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. Up, all, all will be forgiven. So I ain't really worried about that. I am looking for, I hope, I, I, one thing I noticed was funny about this article is how, um, well, this website, period, they always qualify any rumors that they put out there with, our sources are the same sources, that we was right about this, so we're probably going to be right about this. We have a good chance of being right about this. Yeah, it, it it's the fact that it's like, we have sources, they were the ones who told us this stuff, so right. it, it may not be true, but there's a better chance rather than, Oh, I heard it through my uncle's right. best friend's neighbor's Sex. sister's nephew who uh who who, who <laughs> Yeah. Like who who knows somebody who knows somebody who's there. It's like no, it's like this is the source who told us this happened and this happened. Right, right. And they, I've even seen them go like they've told us this happened even though it wasn't true. They've still told us this and this, which were true. So right. there is still a chance that it's like exactly. a good chance that they're not wrong. Right. So, you know, we'll see. I hope it's true. Cause it'd be, you know, Marvel's that would be those amazing. It would be amazing. So I, I don't really have a doubt. And it is, you know, by the time Spider-Man 3 comes out, it, it will be time to um, tease the new Avengers. The like, next Avengers, yeah. yeah. You know, it makes sense. And, and the fact that it role. seems like they're going for the new Avengers too, yeah, like exactly. that, that run, exactly. like exactly. that's that's pretty cool as well because that's so. that leads a lot of potential openings for, for things that are about to hit Disney full mm-hmm. ownership, like mm-hmm. Luke Cage and Iron Fist, who were parts of the new Avengers. I was thinking that as well, and now that they got the whole Jane Foster Thor thing about to rock off, um. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, that makes a lot of yeah. sense to me. Um, so the next story: Jensen Ackles to play Soldier Boy in the Boys season three. Um, 
just a heads up, if you hear a cat whining, <laughs> it's my cat T'Challa. I just let his ass in, and he probably wants to go back out, but I'm not letting him go back out because he's been out and begged to come in and only been in for like five minutes. So, king or not, king of Wakanda or not, <laughs> he's not going back outside. He ain't going out. <laughs> he ain't going out. So the article reads, Supernatural star Jensen Ackles is jumping from one uh, Kripke, right? That's how you pronounce Kripke. it. Kripke. Kripke. Show right into another. The actor is joining the cast of The Boys in its third season. Ackles and the Amazon Prime video announced Monday. That's so fucking dope. That is so fucking dope. Um, I keep wondering what I'll do when at CW Supernatural finally ends this year, Ackles wrote on Instagram. Then it hit me. Ackles will portray Soldier Boy, a.k.a. the original superhero, in the streaming drama. After Soldier Boy fought in World War II's basic Captain America, he became the first super celebrity and a mainstay of American culture for decades. When I was a kid, I had a crazy impossible dream to provide Jensen Ackles with gainful employment, said Kripke in a statement. I'm happy to say that dream has come true. Jensen is an amazing actor and even better person. Smells like warm chocolate chip cookies. And I consider him a brother. As, <laughs> as Soldier Boy, the very first superhero, he'll bring so much humor, pathos, and danger to the role. I can't wait to be on set with him again and bring a bit of supernatural to the boys. Listen, this is a great idea. Like I, I don't know how many of you in the listening audience watch Supernatural. But I've been waiting for Jensen to be involved with some of this superhero stuff for a while. So He he has had things. He's yeah. voiced I believe he's voiced Red Hood yep. before. Twice, Twice, I think. Twice, if I'm not mistaken. Um he absolutely has. But I wanted to see him live action. He keeps himself in great shape. He's still reasonably young. Um, supernatural come to an end. Throw him in the superhero pot. See what happens. Uh the Boys was renewed for a third season ahead of its second, which launches on September 4th on Amazon. God damn it. The third season launches on September 4th. This is the same day Marvel's Avengers is supposed to release. It's going to have a bunch of demon shit. Um, the show is based on a best-selling comic by Garth Ennis and Derek Robinson and was developed by Eric Kripke, who also serves as showrunner. Point Grey Pictures, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and James Weaver were also executive produced, along with original films Neil H. Moritz and Pavin Shetty. Uh, I guess I pronounced that right. As well as Phil, come on, man. Y'all play too much with these last names. I'm not even going to attempt to butcher his last name. Craig Rosenberg, Rebecca... See, here we go with this again. Is that Sun and Shine? Is that how you... <laughs> Ken Levin and Jason Netter. Ennis and Robinson also co-executive produced along with Michael Saltzman. Eccles currently stars on Supernatural, which Kripke created in the early aughts and first launched on the WB Network in 2005. Damn! It's been 2000, since 2005? That's yeah. That's crazy. Dude, they're, they're on like what? 17 seasons or something? Like that's crazy. Like it's the final season, but right. yeah, it's like seventeen seasons long, and 
one attempted spin-off that people weren't a huge fan of, even though I thought the idea I was, was great. Too. I thought it was cool. Um, I do want a spin-off of them. I want to see... Uh, well, it was supposed to be like... Just... No, I think the spin-off that was... It was the uh, kids. No. Uh, yes and no. It was uh, Wayward Sisters. It was supposed oh, to focus yeah, like purely yeah. on... Uh, I wanted to see that, man. On... Like, yeah, it was, like, the two girls they've kind of borderline adopted, plus Donna and the sheriff. The that... sheriff who'd have been, like, their Bobby or some shit. Yeah. That. It, it was supposed to be around them. They had one or two episodes that were supposed to almost focus on them, and mm-hmm. I guess a lot of people, like, well, this doesn't have, this isn't supernatural. Where, Where's Sam and Dean? And then, like, because of all of that, they just never ended up people exploring that further. Fanboys is telling me, man. Like, like I, I think that would have been a good way where you could have really branched out. Yes. You can sort of end Supernatural without Ending Sam and Dean universe. dying type right? thing. And then you could sort of have them, like, maybe come on on one or two episodes here or there. Like, Facts. hey, guys. Like, as, like, cameos. Come like, on, give them a small supporting role in one or two episodes here and there yeah. and be like, yeah, man. The show you love is still here. That, We're expanding it. We're having still exist. You know. Yeah. Damn, man. I, I, people, I swear, I hate people. Um. So uh, it was. Oh yeah, it was scheduled to wrap up its fifteenth and final season in May of this year, before the coronavirus pandemic forced the production shutdown. Now it's on track to wrap this fall on the CW. Ackles' previously acting credits include The Vower the big screen remake My Bloody Valentine, and the independent rom-com Ten Inch Hero. On the small screen, he's also known for Smallville, Dark Angel, Dawson's Creek, and Days of Our Lives, for which he received three Daytime Emmy nominations and won a Soap Opera Digestive Award in 1998. Ackles and his wife, Dan- Dan- Daniel? Daniel. Daniel Ackles are now active in raising funds for various social interests, including... The supernatural co-star Misha Collins, Random Acts, as well as Creative Action, a nonprofit arts-based youth development organization that provides creative learning programs for Central Texas youth. Out Youth, an organization providing a safe space for all sexual orientations and gender identities, and the Birthday Party Project, an organization that throws birthday parties for children and homeless shelters. Yeah, they're, they're heavily involved, because I follow them on um, Instagram. Yeah, yeah like, they're all it. really big. Plus, I think, like, him and uh, Jared Padalecki, who plays Sam, opened up their own brewery as well. Did they? That's interesting. Yeah. That, that's... Like, they did that a few years ago. Wow. Yeah, I'm, um, I've been looking, look, let's, let's just call the spade spade. Um, the boys uh, took the world by storm. I didn't know what to expect because I never read the comics, but that the first opening scenes hooked me, and I couldn't put that shit down. And, and, and this is a good look for him. This is a real good look for him um, to just like branch out and get known for some other stuff. But um, I still would like to see him in some DC stuff, live action. He could for Halloween last year. He dressed up as Red Hood. So he could totally pull this shit off, man. But unfortunately, we don't know if DC is going to pull 
off what they're doing right now. They're in flux to a degree. So, I mean, I guess to quote uh, the American president, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's the news. Um, we are into the main topic of the show this episode. And it's a fairly interesting one, if I do say so myself. Uh, the question, well, kind of what we wanted to do is discuss super teams and what makes an effective super team. And at the same time, we're going to make an attempt to grade our official show team using the characters that we choose, right? So um, let's, let's talk about that. What does make, what do you think makes an effective super team? Well, it's, personally, I think it has to involve thinking on your feet. Right. Because, especially when you're a team, it means you're often fighting bigger threats, unpredictable threats. Right. Things like that, where if you have a plan, yeah, stick to your plan. But you have to be able to adapt at a moment's notice. Right. Teams that cannot do this will not survive. Facts. Like they did, like look at what was it? The new warriors, which yeah. triggered the civil war. Yeah, like the Classic first civil example. war. Classic example. Like they were trying to do shit. They had a plan. They're doing this. They did not adapt to the situation. They did not analyze the threats properly. And, and not only did a couple, yeah, not only did a couple superheroes die, but more than five hundred children in like a thousand people or something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. like they blew up part of a school and everything else like they fucked up because they did not know how to adapt they did not know how to read the situation and they really didn't do all the intel they should have done on nitro you no. know what i mean like they really like, yeah a lot a lot of those guys were chumps but nitro is one of those guys yeah, yeah. Who, <laughs> There's a reason he's tangled with Iron Man and Captain America. Facts. He's tangled with the X-Men. He's yeah. tangled with Namor. Like, the guy's capable of fighting teams on his own. Facts. He's not like lower-tier low, lower teams. If he's with a couple of people, he can be a game-changer mm -hmm. against established teams. Facts. Facts. So one of the most important things for an effective super team is being able to adapt but also as you said there too being able to get the necessary intel on the situation right absolutely and that's something they did not do like at all um and i also think well from a literary standpoint what makes a team is do these characters personalities mesh in such a way that they make interesting stories um because the entire book will not just be about them fighting a villain. They'll also be about character development, uh, the relationships between the characters, how they tend to um, respond to different threats and situations, and how each of them respond to the person's response. So those things do matter, but right now we're kind of focusing in on um, like the, the, the technical aspects of it. And you know, there are um, prototype teams that have that they that have been out there. Like the Fantastic Four is an example of a prototype team. Um, it's why they call, refer to them as the first family. 
and if you break down the, the makeup of that team, you have the smart guy, the big bruiser, the powerful yet very immature hothead, uh, I would refer to him as wild card, and then the kind of stable, um, the adult in the room. The glue. Card, the glue of the team, which would be Sue Storm, right? You'll see variations of these teams, of that particular team, that prototype, so to speak. You'll see variations of that on most teams. And teams that usually lack um, the glue, they don't last long either. If all of them are a bunch of hot shots running around, jumping off rooftops and shit, but nobody's there really corralling them to focus all of that energy, um, they don't do so well either. So No. And there's also something else that I feel like it's kind of a combination of like what the makeup is and what makes them effective. Right. Is a sense of general respect. You don't have to like each other. Right. Look at look at Wolverine and Cyclops. They, they hate, hate each, each other, other for the most part. <laughs> they like they've recently really started doing it up, but like remember the X Men split up into two separate schools right. because of their absolute hatred of each other Facts. and and the style, leadership styles that the other ones had Facts. like when it comes to wolverine saying hey cyclops we gotta stop using these kids as child soldiers <laughs> and cyclops is like no man we gotta prepare them and it's like and like that led like that was the basis of the whole x-men schism event yeah it's was, it was a clash. which led to the two separate mutant schools but at the same time, those two have such a deep-founded respect for each other. Mm-hmm. They both know push comes to shove, there's no one they'd rather have in their corner. Facts. So that has to be a big part, too. Like You don't have to like them to respect them. Right, and, and, and fairly often, um, the members of a team, they don't share the same philosophy or worldviews or even moral codes. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like in the case of of, uh, of Cyclops and and Wolverine, like Wolverine is a roughneck. He just, he just you know he will kill if necessary. He doesn't give a fuck now. Cyclops eventually um, caught up with that. <laughs> you know, he eventually caught yeah. up with that. But initially, uh, Cyclops was the quintessential Boy Scout. And if you look go to, go to DC and look at um. Uh, the Justice League. Uh, Batman, while he's not a killer per se, in the comic books, um, he has a lot harder edge to him than Superman. Like if Superman uh, used some of Batman's uh, tactics and philosophy on crime fighting, he'd probably kill somebody. Cause see, Batman, he will beat the complete crap out of a, a criminal. Like there are the Gotham City hospitals are full. Of motherfuckers that he then fractured orbital bones. <laughs> and then you have to remember, like, there's been times where Batman has said to Dick Grayson and Jason Todd and even, uh, Cassandra, uh, yeah, Cassandra Kane, like, mm-hmm. or not Cassandra Kane, the one that was like the child of the assassin that he kind of took in that never officially became a Robin, but. Right. It's kind of there. It's like he's openly said. Remember, 
not saving their life and killing them are two separate things. Facts. Facts. And he's openly said there's times where you don't kill them, you just don't save their life. Right. And it's acceptable. And and that is the um that's kind of the uh the, the gray area, so to speak. Um because that he operates he in. operates in. Yeah, there are times where, you know, Batman when <clears throat> when Batman's trying to save somebody, he'll go all out to win, to succeed. So there are situations that have taken place where a villain in in the heat of the battle and and totally of his own making, you know what I'm saying? Made a end decision. Up in a end up in a, right. <laughs> you're right. Like, cool, you're hanging off the edge of a cliff. You need help to get up. You know what? I'm not gonna help you. I'm just gonna sit here and watch. Right. <laughs> right. As you recall the first um the the Batman movie with um um uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name too. Not the Michael Keaton one, not the Val Kilmer, none of that. Uh, the new the well, I can't even call it. Oh, the. What is the who's the main character? I've got my computer right in front of me. I'm not playing with this old man memory anymore. I am just going to Batman Begins. That's the movie. Uh, where? Oh, the Christian Bale. Christian Bale. There is a scene at the end of that movie. Well, near the end of the movie, um, at the resolution of his conflict with uh, Rajah Ghul, where. He let him stay in that train when he could have saved him. He absolutely could have saved him, pulled him out of there, and he survived. But he was like, I'm not going to kill you. That doesn't mean I have to save you, <laughs> right? And he let him yeah. go right off the cliff with that. Um, but you kind of need the, the tension because it makes for like a better story. And also, um, them overcoming, it sometimes it's not necessarily about the challenge that they're facing in front of them. Sometimes it's about the obstacles within the team itself that helps the team gel and they get over and get past and get an understanding of each other better. So that even if they still disagree, have varying philosophies and will still clash from time to time, they know that they got each other's back no matter what. You know what I'm saying? And that helps yeah. to gel the, the team together. So... Um, I think, me personally, depending on the size of the team, because you're talking about the makeup of the team would be bruisers, tacticians, tech guys, um, the conscious of the team, and and, and things like that. Um, I feel like, depending on the size of the team, there should be more than than, than just, like, one bruiser. Yeah. Like, look at the regular Avengers team where mm-hmm. there's like seven or eight guys. Yeah. If you're telling me Thor and Hulk both can't handle the role of bruiser. Right. 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 Yeah, um it's like you said, they should the one one of the main things about having two bruisers on the team is they shouldn't all they shouldn't both be bruisers kind of in the same way. Like, uh, Hulk is very physical strength-based, right? And he does have some ranged attacks, but nowhere near the amount that Thor has. So Thor can be physical, he's strong and all of that, but he can attack from a distance with the hammer, with lightning, 
They're very versatile, if you ask me, for, uh, for two bruisers on that team. They're very versatile. And if you watch any of the uh, cartoons um, that have both of them on, as members of the team, uh, the, I'm, I'm speaking specifically with the um, second iteration of the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, yeah. The way him and Hulk work together, you can only do that if you have a diverse crew of bruisers, which they are. They're very diverse. Um, and I think you need more than that. You need more than, because what will happen is if you only have one bruiser, and we I've seen this happen time and time again with the Fantastic Four, because they only have one bruiser, one true like heavyweight, physical heavyweight, when he gets outclassed, that's it for them in that that option is gone to outpower. That's gone. Now they have to outthink, outfinesse, you know, creatively use the powers that's there. You get rid of the bruiser and you only got one, that option is off the table now. Like, you don't have somebody there with a last-minute uh, power punch that could kind of end this after you weaken them with your other shit. That's gone. Yeah. So you definitely and that's more something where if you look at, like, a more modern iteration of the Defenders... Mm-hmm. It's like the one where it's, it is like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage. Right. right. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are both bruisers. Right. And even if they're bruisers in kind of a similar style, mm-hmm. but then you have Iron Fist is more than capable of not necessarily as a full-time bruiser, but he's capable of filling in if something he happens, is. or he, he he, if, if they do need that different type of bruiser. Yeah, because that, that punch, yeah, <laughs> that punch is everything. Like that, that punch, um, like you said, if let's say Jessica Jones goes down, Luke Cage goes down, they still have Iron Fist there. He has a a a a, a power set that allows him to finesse and deliver that power they might need. To, to tip tip the um, scales in their favor, so yeah, that's that's a, a fairly well weighted team, um, and of course the tactician is not necessarily the science guy, because there are plenty of science no. guys that are very good at you know building equipment they're, they're and tech and everything else. Yeah, but they're not they're not tacticians, you know. They're and not, then there's tacticians who aren't. Who have like a basic understanding right, of tech, but right. aren't necessarily tech guys. Exactly. A perfect example of that would be someone like Punisher. Facts. The Facts. guy is almost a near perfect tactician. Mm-hmm. Would you make him your tech guy? Not no. at all. <laughs> he has an understanding of it. He yeah. he can figure out even on the fly if it's something he's never seen before, whether it's a hostile piece of tech or not whether right. it's something he needs to avoid or not but he's not a guy who's going to be like here give me that i can fix your tech i can make it better right he's not really that guy um and at the same time like mr fantastic yeah great tech guy yeah. not necessarily the best tactician Nah, he's, he's nah. not bad he's, he's not capable, bad but yeah. he's not if you're building a team from scratch, he's not the guy you'd put in as your tactician. And I, I would argue that his um, tactical, um, his little, the little bit of technical prowess that he does have, it, it's more um, functional 
and situations where they're dealing with abstract concepts. Um, like, for instance, the, the beef with Galactus or any number of uh, cosmic entities that they might come across. Um, when it comes to fighting things at that level, tactics, your tactics need to be blended in with an understanding of the science that either powers this guy or, or helps you empower a weapon that can take the guy out. That's kind of how his works. He's not a general, meaning, you know, you guys, you and your team are in the middle of a fight uh, with soldier villains, right? He's not the guy that's going to um, lead the team in that way. Honestly, I'd put, I'd put Punisher in that situation. Punisher, Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony Stark Tony is Stark surprisingly is good at all that kind of good. Mm -hmm. Cyclops. Cyclops, Batman. Wolverine as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you have your Batman. You have Wonder Woman. Who's Facts. Facts. Martian Manhunter. Superman, I wouldn't put there. Nah. But Martian Manhunter, Absolutely. who has a very similar skill set, except better mm -hmm. in pretty much every way. Yeah, facts. <laughs> that dude is so underrated. Yes, he is. Like, that that's his real superpowers. How underrated Martian Manhunter <laughs> is. He has basically the powers of the entire Justice League in one body. Right. Right. And a few they don't have. Um, yeah. But he's a great tactician as well. Absolutely. I would even put Hal Jordan um, as a tactician because on many occasions I've seen him with the um, Green Lantern Corps and he's running the show and they figure the shit out. He, he knows where to put people. He knows what to, uh, how to inspire um, people in his team. So I would put him, if all else fails and, uh, and all the rest of the tacticians you know, on that team go down, Hal Jordan is a is a is a um, a good more patchwork. He's more than capable of being able to do that. And I know? think it also depends on what your team is attempting to do. Facts, facts. Like Avengers tends to be big threat stuff, so a guy like Cap and Iron Man work really well. Right. Fantastic Four works well with Reed because they tackle a lot of abstract stuff. That's true. Very true. Because there are certain situations where someone like, let's say, Red Hood or Guy Gardner mm -hmm. would be the ideal tactician I, exactly. because of the type of missions that that team is regularly going on. Right, right. And so that also kind of affects what you're doing. I would even argue uh, Thor to a certain extent that he has uh, um, led armies. He's led entire armies. And over his years, it's just not something that he likes to do. It's not something that he, you know, jumps in to do. But he's done it before. Which is why, despite being one of the big three when it comes to Avengers, mm -hmm. and everybody knows it, it's him, Cap, and Iron Man. Yep, that's the big three. They're the big three. But out of the big three, he's the only one who hasn't actively led the Avengers. Facts. It's not what he... He doesn't it, like it's to not do what that. he does. It's not his yeah. style. Yeah. yeah. Same with someone like Hulk. He's capable of leading. Oh yeah. And like we kind of see it a bit in both the TV show Hulk and the Agents of Smash, and in the comic run like Immortal Hulk. Facts. You, you see him as a leader, 
it's just not something he likes doing. It's not something that is necessarily suited to him. Right, right. Because when when Hulk gets angry, all he tends to goes out the window. <laughs> he, he tends to think more. How do I stop this immediately? Right, right. And his, a lot of his extra brain power is going towards how to stop this immediately without hurting anybody. Because the amount of destruction that dude causes, he has surprisingly few fatalities. Right. And that's because he's actively, despite everything, he's actively thinking about what I can do to make sure I don't hurt anyone. Right. And, like, that's where a lot of his extra non-Hulk brain power is going to. Exactly. So having him lead when it's not ideal... He is capable of it. It just means that someone else has to be there to make sure that no one's getting hurt. Right. And one person we haven't really mentioned uh, is Storm. Storm is also a great leader. Um, when she led the uh, X-Men Gold team, she did a really yeah. good job. She even, um, uh, well, I would say one of her failures was with the Morlocks. But I think that was more because of the circumstance. It's not like she was gonna go live down there with them, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, so uh, that wasn't happening. So, you know, there were there are stories that indicate there was some disgruntlement because after she defeated Callisto for leadership, she left. <laughs> and never really came. Never back. really came back, except when she needed something. Right, but she's she's a good leader as well. But and and Wolverine is too, but it's just not what he does. You know, um, at least typically, it's not what he does. Like, you even saw a jeer after Schism and everything when he was leading the Jean Grey school. Right, right. He he was good at it. He was very, very so. effective at it. Mm -hmm. But in a, a lot of the scenes, especially the scenes where he was able to be more himself instead of putting on the the facade for the students. Right, right. When he was around, like, just him and Kitty and Nightcrawler and storm he was there talking about how um what is it he would like ready to talk about how unhappy he was mm -hmm. like how it's like this isn't what i want to do right it's like it, it's tiring it's exhausting this isn't i can't just sit back and drink beer all day right which is one of his favorite things to do <laughs> Where it's someone cool. like Cyclops, who doesn't necessarily do that kind of thing, he thrives on the high-pressure leadership. Facts. It makes him almost a natural leader. So Wolverine is effective at it, is good at it, and I'd say he's on par with Cyclops. Yeah. But his desire to do it doesn't match his ability. Right. I would even argue he has more experience doing it than Cyclops did. He's been around yeah. a lot longer, you know. Um... And, and again, but Cyclops' desire to do it is equal to his ability to actually Facts. do that. Facts. Wolverine's desire is nowhere near his ability to handle that. Right. He's just like, I don't care about doing this. I'm just as happy as, you I'm know, here to slash, being man. on the sidelines. Right, I'm here to slash. And, like, the few times he is happier doing that is when he's doing things like leading teams, like smaller squads, like X-Force. Facts. Things where it is... We get in, we get out, we do the job. You know who else on the X-Men team um, isn't bad at leadership? Um, 
Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride is not bad, man. Like she can Again, she, can she was one of the leaders of I believe it was like her and Storm basically co leading X Men Gold. Right. Right. But also you see now with uh Kitty Pride sort of leading the Marauders. Yeah. And taking on a very important role. Like she has one of the three leadership roles within the Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. Like, she's capable, and she's kind of, she's grown a lot in that aspect, and she I has. think a lot of that comes from her years as basically a student of Wolverine. Facts. She's learned a lot from him um, over the years. Um, you know, uh, who someone who I think is not necessarily a good leader, but he's a great tactician, he's just not a good leader, Apocalypse. You know, I, I look back at how he um, he creates these teams of, of horsemen. And for the most part, he gives them their orders and they go do what he, what he asks them to do. Um, and a lot of the times, the order, everything that he asks them to do does fall in line to a plan he has. But I think the reason he's not a good leader is because it's not really for the benefit of that team. For the benefit of whatever his eventual goal is. is, right? And I think part of being a good leader, you have to look out for your team. You know, you, you kind of just have to. And if you don't, I think that's a missing element um, to being a great leader. But he's a great tactician. He's definitely a great tactician. But leadership, he can make the plans. He yeah, can get teams together to get them in. Right. It's just he doesn't necessarily have the interests of anyone other than himself at heart. Exactly. I would say the same thing about Galactus. Um, <laughs> Galactus, well, Galactus has a guard complex. Teams, <laughs> well, except for his heralds. Now, that he has, he's had in, in, at some points in his time multiple heralds, right? <laughs> yeah, but even then, his heralds are more Slaves. independent contractors. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of... I, I, slaves is almost accurate, mm-hmm. except he allows them a lot of free will. He does. He gives them, them autonomy. They want. Yeah. He's, they're very autonomous. It's more independent contractors. It's keep me fed. <laughs> How you do this is up to you. Keep me fed. Yeah. Man. And look at guys like Silver Surfer. He's handled that very well. Yes, he has. He'll, he'll target planets that are already on the verge of destruction anyways that do have Galactus evacuation plans. Right. And he'll target those. He'll target planets that are already dead planets. Facts. He targets all these things to basically make sure that people are going to live. Right. He does And he goes out of his way to do that because he has the autonomy. It's not just take me to the nearest planet. Word. It's keep me fed. I don't care how. Right. Plus, it, it, it doesn't seem more of a, like a team, more as a team-up type thing, right? Facts, facts. And there is a difference there. Like, you have Spider-Man and Deadpool. They team up a lot. But they're not a team. <laughs> they're not a team. <laughs> they're not a team. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There, there's a difference. Good point. Even, even Power Man and Iron Fist, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Right. It, it's a team-up, even though... You could. There's argument like you could say, yeah, they're a team with how much they work together. Right. But they're not really a team. It's two guys who are friends working together. Facts. 
Facts. It's like it's it's more of a collaborative effort rather than an actual team. Yeah, like, like they use teamwork. But it's not technically, it's not really a team. It's not, yeah. you know. It's like, you go into Heroes for Hire, then it's a team, but right. it's not just them. They're also, you're also including Jessica Jones on some occasions. Mm-hmm. You're including Moon Knight on some occasions. Mm-hmm. Misty mm-hmm. Knight, you're getting, you know, the Daughters of the Dragon. You're getting all these other groups. There's, right. there's other aspects. It's not just one or two guys. I feel like a team generally requires four or more. That's what I would consider um, a team. Because, they, like, you, I feel like with a team, you're going to need varying skills. And while it's possible to get varying skills from just two people, it's not likely. Like, their power set is going to be what their power set is. It, it's more team up than team. Yeah. Like, I'll give classic example someone who I think is a, a, a who's proven himself to be a great leader. Nightwing. I was proven himself to be a great yeah. leader. You know, um, uh, I would also say that um, that for the most part, um, Doctor Strange can fit the role. It just depends on what what the, what what the issue is, what the problem is. What's what's the problem? Like, if you're dealing with supernatural magic type things, then sure, absolutely. Um, I'm not so sure he's as good as some of the other guys we've mentioned in that capacity, um, simply because he usually does work kind of by himself, you know, with the exception of maybe a team-up here and there. And the defenders are not on, they're not as, they're not they're not together as a team, like, 24-7. That's just not what, what the defenders they do. They come together when they're needed. Right, you know. But I feel like this kind of brings us into the next topic here, is leadership styles. Ah, yeah. Whether it's like there's a single leader type thing, mm-hmm. kind of like X Men, where it's Professor X, and then later on it's just Wolverine or just Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops. Mm-hmm. To small groups leading, which is more like look at the Justice League. Right. It's you have your triumvirate of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then occasionally you'll get some fresh blood in there, but it's usually never more than three to five people leading the Justice League. Facts. Versus an almost full democracy type thing, which you see with the current iteration of the X-Men, where they have, like, the full quiet council. Everyone yeah. takes the vote. You have, uh, again, modern version of the champion, mm-hmm. Kamala mm-hmm. Khan. It's, it's more of a yes, in the field, Kamala Khan is the leader. But when it comes to making a lot of these decisions that aren't battlefield decisions, it's a democracy. It's a democracy. They all they all yeah. vote. They all get a say. They all get to make a call. They they're all actively part of it. Right. And even something like the Fantastic Four, all of them get the say. Facts. Because it, Reed not cannot just, be trusted just to be the only guy making yeah. the decision. He can't. He can't be. So when it's like the Fantastic Four, yes, in the field. Reed generally takes the leadership, but when it comes to actively doing things, what they cover, what they do, it's all four of them taking part. Right, right. So there are different leadership styles based on teams, and, like, I think part of it depends on how large the team is Mm -hmm. or who seems to be naturally fit. Like, 
again, Justice League is a fairly large group. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and but it doesn't run as a full democracy, even though Champions is also a fairly large group. Right, right. Like, I think by the end of it, they're, the Champions hit, like, 30 or 40 members. It's crazy. But Champions ran as a full democracy. The Avengers, or... Yeah, Avengers generally is one leader and occasionally a small group. It's right, but it's right. generally the one leader making the calls. Yeah, and, and he might the, listen to one or two others. To one of the, yeah, because when um when Black Panther became the, the leader, um his style is different because he's already a he was already a Marnock, you know. So it's a certain way he. It, I think it, it it definitely he filters filters his leadership style through his experience of being a king. Um, he knows he can't just, like, order people around on because of he, because of his uh, royal blood in the case of the Avengers. But he does, a, a lot of times when I'm reading the book, I definitely see his influence of being the king of Wakanda in there. Uh, the main difference being, of course, um, he respects these people. They, they, he doesn't see them as underlings. Uh, or, or people that are, you know, uh, kind of beneath him in social status. Um, and to that end, I would also put uh, Odin as being a great leader. Great and crafty. <laughs> He's a lot craftier than people give him credit for. He's kind of a dick, right? Um, but as far as his, his, ta his tactics are concerned, Odin has put shit in place uh, 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 thousands of years <laughs> in advance Talk about prep time. Thousands yeah. of years in advance to deal with a long-term issue that he knows like, is coming, you know? And you, you saw that, and again, the current Avengers, when they would do the few flashback ones featuring right. Right. Avengers 1 million BC. Right. Which would cover the first Iron Fist, the first Black Panther, the first Starbrand, mm -hmm. Odin, mm -hmm. and the Phoenix Force. Right. And... And Agamotto. Not like the eye of Agamotto. But no, Agamotto, Agamotto himself. <laughs> and he had both his eyes. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. You would get those flashbacks and you would see it. And Odin was the leader of that team. Absolutely. And that was a team where everybody was a powerhouse. Yeah. Looking at, like, the first Ghost Rider who rode a goddamn mammoth, which is just <laughs> amazing on so many levels. Right, right. Absolutely. So I, I what I want to do, um, I want us to actually put together a team. Who will we suggest for the team? And let's start with um, we'll 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 save the leader for the end. All right. Um, let's build the the machine first. Um, so. Let's kind of start with um, bruisers, because that's always fun. Great. Well, for mm -hmm. bruisers, we we talk a lot about Hulk, Thor, mm -hmm. things like this. I think one of the important things to mention is how big of the team are we making here? Good point. Good point. Because that... That, that determines. That matters. How about if we go with a, a no more than ten? No more, no than, more 10. than ten. No more than ten. Right. 
It can be a little okay. under 10, but no more than 10. That kind of gives us... Here, hold on. That kind of gives us, at 10, I think you kind of get three bruisers out of the bunch. Yeah, And in this case, in this case, too, it also gives you a bit of variety in there as well. Like, you're probably getting a couple guys who might be able to fill into the tactician role. Right, 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 right. So, I would, first I would say I would want a per bruiser, and I'm going to go a little bit, um, um, out of uh, out of the box, uh, Rhino. Rhino. They gave oh. yeah. They gave Rhino a power boost. He's he is in the same class, if not uh, he doesn't surpass, but he's in the same class as a Hulk, same class as a Thor. Um, when it comes to like brute strength and durability, at this point, so I think he'd be a great soldier, like. Soldier, uh, uh, a character that is just a brick. You just send him in and do, 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 do. Like, yeah, I'm going with Rhino as at least one of the bruisers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, for one of the bruisers, mm -hmm. I was going to go with Bizarro. Ooh. As you're seeing a lot in you know, in uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Right. He's able to handle and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with guys who should be out of his weight class. Fast. Fast. And he's handling them. And he's struggling. Right. He's hurting. Right. But push comes to shove. He's willing to go through the pain and knock these guys down. Right. That's a good choice. And on top of that, he has, he's a lot more mobile than Rhino. Yeah. He's faster. Um, he can fly. He has um, ranged attacks. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's a damn good choice. That's a damn good choice right there. Um, so did you want to go with another bruiser or they were going to be the only two? Because I'm kind oh. We'll, we'll we can start with two for now. Okay. If you go, if you look a little down on the document, I've I've kind of started. Ah, nice, 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 nice. Like works. this gives us kind of. I added a third bruiser slot there, but yeah, it kind of depends how we fill out the team, right? I feel you. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what the other guys can do as well. Um. So, tech guy. Uh, what would you think about that? That tech guy, I'm going to go with someone who is absolutely great at tech, mm -hmm. but is not someone people think of when they think of tech guys. Okay. And that is someone we've talked about a bit before, Forge. Yo, why did you read my mind? There was literally two... It's like... Two that I was thinking I, of, Forge yeah. or Armadeus Child. It was either those two, one of those two. And I was th saying the thing, like, for me, it goes between Forge, Iron Man, and Lex Luthor. Ooh. Because, like, again, we, we've had that discussion of how Iron Man and Lex Luthor are kind of on a very similar yeah, playing field. absolutely. With a slight edge going to Iron Man more because he's used to having to 
adapt it more often right. and more regularly where right. Lex doesn't really have to do that because the people he's fighting don't have that level of being the villain he generally only fights one or two guys Facts. where Facts. Iron Man as the hero has to fight Numerous tons of different people so he has to be, yeah. Yeah. yeah so he has to be a bit more adaptive Facts. not that Lex couldn't do that it's just that he doesn't because of the situation so he's he not practicing it right he's not practicing it alright but like Forge he goes a bit off the beaten path when it comes to a lot of his own stuff absolutely like he there was an issue or a series where he actually developed a new type of mutant that runs three specialized genes instead of their two, so it doesn't actually read when they scan for X that's genes. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. He's a madman. But, yeah, I'm liking Forge's tech guy. I'm seeing him in the, in the lab, seeing him in his workshop, banging it out. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm definitely with that. Okay, so uh, for tactician, one tactician, let's go there. Um, who would you... For me, I think I would put Black Panther there. Um, I think he's, he's, he's almost Rain Man-like <laughs> with some of the shit that I've seen him do. Like, dude, you're too good over there. <laughs> you're really too good. Um, hey, you're not wrong. Like he's definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, for I think we would need more than him though. Um, yeah, somebody that could be a backup. You know what I mean? And this is where I feel like you know you want to throw someone like batman in as your tactician well but uh, he he doesn't play the backup role well no he doesn't <laughs> whereas someone like dick grayson nightwing oh. has almost the same tactical mind as batman but is more than capable of playing he's very flexible backup. he's very flexible in that way i like that that's, that's different. different that is different sir like, a, he's more than capable of, like, taking full charge of the situation. Right. He's one of those guys where you put him in charge, as, like, you put Black Panther in charge, and if something goes wrong, Nightwing can adapt it on the fly and still get the same or very similar end result. Facts. And, um... Batman, I feel like, would just almost ignore Black Panther. Yo, I was thinking that, I was thinking that exact same thing. Batman would... Where he agreed with Black Panther, he would absolutely go with it. But when he didn't, he would do his own he thing would do his and own it thing. would cause an absolute mess. Yes. We're, we're trying to build a team where it's not just the best guy in the spot. Right, right. Also, guys who can work together. Facts. Facts. There may be some conflicting personalities, mm -hmm. but they can work together. Right. Agreed. Um, so who would you think of as a wild card? For a wild card? Well, we all know I'm kind of fond of uh, Looney Mooney himself, you know? <laughs> Nothing screams wild card like Moon Knight does. <laughs> and I think we all saw this coming. Yeah, yeah. 
We did. We all saw this coming. <laughs> but nothing screams wild card like Moon Knight. That's a fact. But but something else we could possibly throw in that spot. Mm-hmm. He's not super powered or anything. Mm-hmm. From a completely different set of rules. Negan. There aren't Negan. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. The wild but card ju- judging from like the power levels of the guys we have here, Negan does not work as well. Right. right. Just because like we're talking. Yeah, you can have guys who aren't powered. Look at Nightwing. Facts. But Jet and even arguably Black Panther. Mm-hmm. He's enhanced, but he's not. He doesn't have any powers per se. Right. But like you look at Negan, like the guy's just a he gym a coach rock. turned war. He's, he's a gym coach turned warlord. <laughs> Facts. Facts. But he's not necessarily someone you would throw in a situation where he's also next to Rhino or Bizarro. A big part of why he's a wild card is because as much as he's unpredictable, mm-hmm. you know that he's he has an end goal to accomplish and he heavily uses fear to do that. Yeah. How is a guy like Rhino or Bizarro or Forge going to have any level of kind of respect for Negan that way? Or Black Panther. I mean, like, uh, sure, so- someone like, again, Carnage or Green Goblin would kind of have respect for yeah. the mindset Negan does. Yeah. But these guys, even Rhino, who's an on-again, off-again villain hero. Facts. Bizarro, who's on-again, off-again villain hero. Facts. They're, they're villains. They're not psychotic. Right. They're not... <laughs> right. Rhino doesn't work with Green Goblin heavily because Green Goblin is a psychopath. <laughs> Rhino still... Rhino has his goal. Right. He generally wants to just rob places to get... to get money so he can pay for things. Like, if you look into his backstory, he does come from a a more working class family. He right. has a neat, like there's actually a storyline where it's like him and Miles Morales team up mm-hmm. and like, he's just trying to find a niece, his niece who was like kidnapped. who was also Miles Morales's kind of girlfriend's mm-hmm. brother was kidnapped as well. It's like, and they ended up teaming up trying to stop it. Right. And it's like, he's caring, but he cares about his family. He, he started robbing people and doing this kind of thing. So he can get money for his family. Facts. It, it's not because he wanted to see destruction. He wanted to wreck the place. That's that's not his style. Right. Which is why the wild card here is definitely going to Moon Knight, who kind of fits perfectly here. Right. I like that. He, he's insane. He's a wild card. <laughs> but he has the kind of purpose that still works with these guys. Yeah. Absolutely, um, I think I like Moon, I like Moon Knight in that slot. I really do. I like him in that slot. Um, so we can go for a third bruiser if you want. I would suggest somebody kind of that's kind a bit cosmic. Um, they need somebody to cover that end. Um, because right now what you're saying that Bizarro could kind of do it, but I don't know if he has the uh, aptitude. Um, to deal with some of the things that a cosmic character might have to deal with. Um, so I would say 
If we was to do another bruiser, we could try a Quasar. Um, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like he 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 deals with the the politics that's out there, and he's a heavy hitter with those those bands. Uh, a lot of shit he can do. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. He, he absolutely can. He he's, would be his, and he's fast as fuck. He's fly speed. He's fast as fuck. Very durable. Good energy projection. Um, yeah, I, I I like Quasar for the cosmic role because inevitably something from space is gonna come, <laughs> and we want somebody that is familiar with that shit like that on the team. Um, uh, let's see, Mage Sorcerer. I have somebody in mind. Okay. Um, Constantine. All right. That <laughs> isn't a bad pick at all, actually. The problem, though, is how much of a team player is Constantine? He yeah. Al- he always well, that, has his own agenda. And that's shit, something you know? that... Yeah, that's something that really works into here, because, like, Outside of the odd thing where, like, Moon Knight kind of goes into the paranormal yeah. type thing, Constantine doesn't team up with people. Nah, he uses people. That's what the fuck he does. Like, it, it, may, it might look like a team up, but trust me, he has something in mind. That there are a handful of people he would listen to, Facts. and that's about it. Facts. Facts. And even then... In those few cases, it's where it becomes a team-up rather than just, I'm going to use you to meet my goal. Facts. Facts plus facts. Um, so, the slot is still open. Now, we could go with, um, I think, Satana. Great team player. And deceivingly more powerful than most people think she is. Um... Also, she's very knowledgeable, but I don't know. I'm trying to really narrow it down because it could be her or it could be Brother Voodoo. It could be Wong. <laughs> it's a Wong in that spot. Oh, my. <laughs> that would be uh... <laughs> That would be something. <laughs> the, only, I mean... the only problem with Wong being in that spot is when... um. A, a grave threat is coming to um to Earth, and he just goes to the crib. Just goes to <laughs> like, nah, bro, no, you got this. I gotta protect the crib, man. You know, <laughs> you know how it is. That's the, that's the only problem with him. The only problem with him. Oh, um, that was actually one of the best things out of Infinity I War. I love that shit. He's like, I'm out, bro. Wong, uh, I, I gotta go protect the Sanctum, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go make a sandwich. You want one? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be in the fridge when you get back from space or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, no, like, there's, there's a lot of good picks there. Like like I said, Constantine, except for the whole teamwork thing, would yeah. be great. Yeah. But you also have guys like, and you obviously have the big heavy hitters, your Doctor Strange, your Doctor Fate, Fate mm-hmm. uh, Scarlet Witch, Ooh. and even Magic. True, very true. You even have like magic and the Goblin Queen who kind of fit into that she does. aspect as well. Witchblade, no, but Witchblade, she's not really. Nah, scratch her, cause I don't think she. I think she's that's more tech, right? 
That shit I feel she's more bruiser than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True indeed. Uh, what if we go uh, villain? Um, perform villain. Um, Cersei. <laughs> you throw Cersei. And then, Is she reformed nowadays? Well, no, I don't think so. Um, I'm mean, going reformed villain. You could almost suggest Loki. Whoa! Whoa! But he has to actually be reformed. Um, like like very little I mean, backsliding. You know, he uses Loki his... hasn't really been a villain, at least in the comics. True. Since uh, the Loki Agent of Asgard series. Facts. That's very true. Because yes, yeah, very true. Um, he he desired to more go back to when he was the god of stories rather than the god of mischief and, and evil. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, he started, like, yeah, he expanded into mischief, and then mischief kind of led to, like, lies and evil and villainy, mm-hmm. and he wanted to get away from that. Right. So he started sliding back to the god of stories. And that like even kind of showed, like, during the War of the Realms and everything, yeah, he initially teamed up with the Frost Giants, but you notice the first thing he did after teaming up with Malekith and all them, was inform Doctor Strange. Force Doctor Strange to, like, get his head out of his ass (laughs) and start preparing for this. He goes, he helps inform Thor. He helps get set people up to deal with what was coming. Right. He couldn't outright betray them. Right. At least not at that time. But he did help make sure that they weren't going to come in completely unexpected and sweep earth and then even at the tail end of the war of the realms he sacrifices himself gets eaten by his His father father. Mm -hmm. and then ends up bursting out of his father's stomach killing him and taking the over as king of Jotunheim so bad where he actually did start protecting some of the smaller giants who would have normally been killed off because they were small. They were runs. They were like they were him. Weak. They were like him. You know yeah. what? But then he goes, he visits Thor, he helps out that area. He like, Not necessarily on the friendliest of terms because no. of their past, right. but it wasn't a hostile meetup. Yeah. yeah. You know, now that I sit there and think about it, Loki is probably the perfect one because he low key can also serve as a backup. That was bad. Tech. You should feel bad. <laughs> Just a dad joke. Just a little dad joke, guy. He uh, he low key can um uh uh in a pinch help with the tactician part. He's also a, a low level bruiser because he has that Asgardian strength. Um, and frost giant and strength. Frost giant strength. Yeah, like. Yeah, I, I I think that's a I think that's a good look. I think Loki is a good and, look. And he does help out on one of our bigger weaknesses, which is that cosmic scale. Facts. Facts. Where you ha- we have Quasar and we kind of have Bizarro yeah. sort of pinch hit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bizarro's capable of hitting up at that level. He is, but as far as uh, dealing with some of the things, the other things that are you know out there. That would require a more tactical mind. He's not the guy for that. 
and Loki has in the past worked really well with teams. Facts. Look at the Young Avengers team where he was kid Loki. Hell yeah. Because it is all still Loki. Loki, yeah. There's Loki different himself, aspects not of it. Some, not someone else using Loki's shtick. Right. It's, it was Loki. Facts. Interesting. And like he actually bonded real close to the team that when they eventually found out about the whole the sacrifice of mm-hmm. Eichel mm-hmm. thing. Then he got kicked out. He still watched over them and protected them where he could right. from a level that they couldn't see. They couldn't perceive at that point. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. if Loki starts bonding with any of these guys, he's going to be in it for the long haul on protecting, even if he's not on the team anymore, because every team eventually gets shifts. Yeah. So, uh, I think he would... One of the first... It may be surprising. I think he'd bond with Nightwing. I think at some point they would probably... Because Nightwing... Almost the purity of Nightwing. Yeah, like... Yeah, I think he... As odd as that sounds, I, you know, the, you know, in, in a team situation, um, there's conversations, there's all kinds of things that's happening. Also, I don't know. I think, you know... Night, and then you know, I see it. You have the Nightwing there, almost the purity of it, but he's also fond of guys who are a little bit crazy. Which again, you have Moon Knight. Moon Knight. You also have Forge. Facts. Forge is kind Forge, of a Nick Burger. Forge is, yeah. Forge is borderline insane. In it. <laughs> it's facts. And facts. like he's known, like when he does go crazy, the X Men like entire team basically has to step in to stop him and put him down. Right. Right. So it's like. With with his affinity for people being crazy, as well as the fact that he is kind of drawn to people who are pure of heart, even if it hasn't always been the nicest reasons, he likes to toy with them a bit, even if he's not intending on harming them. Right. So, like, between Nightwing that way, and Moon Knight Forge the other way, you have a chance at bonding here. Agreed. So yeah, let's let's slot Loki in that slot, um, and let's do Specialist Infiltrator. Um, I think Tatamax um, should go in that slot. I mean, ooh, that is that is a really good <laughs> like. I wasn't even thinking Phantomax. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was almost thinking someone like. Red Hood almost. That's dope too. Red Hood's a great infiltrator, but Phantom, I don't know. I think. Yeah, Phantomax is kind of Phantomax. <laughs> right? He's, right? He's a universal anomaly. Like, yeah. The fact that he only exists in the 616 universe. Mm-hmm. There are cosmic beings that actually kind of fear him because of that. Right. It's like. Every other being exists in multiple universes, even if it doesn't exist in all of them. Phantom mm-hmm. only exists in 616. Right? I mean, think about what he brings to the table. The master of misdirection. Um, low-level telepathy. Yeah. yeah. Like, ver- very low-level, but the fact that his mask also protects him from telepaths. Right. And right. Highly intelligent. Master Thief. I mean, come on. Like, 
And, you know, again, that's that's a guy who could probably develop a good bond with Loki. Mm-hmm. The fact that Phantom X doesn't actually have a French accent. Right. He uses the French accent because he knows it pisses people right. off. He does ass. it because he, he knows he can annoy ass. people with it. And that's, I feel like, it's that kind of almost <laughs> playful trolling that Loki would enjoy would as well. That. He would definitely respect that. I think he would respect but then again, like, he's also had experience teaming up with Quasar in the past. Yep. Yep. Saw it again. <laughs> yeah, man. But it's like, I don't know. Phantom yeah, X Phantom X is a good pick. And I was also, yeah, like, I'm trying to think of s- someone else mm-hmm. who would be good here. Right. And that's uh, Hellboy. Oh, dude, I didn't even think about Hellboy. I didn't even think about Hellboy. Despite looking like a being a fairly large guy and, you know, a demon. Right. And basically being a giant of types. Right. He is really good at sneaking into places. Mm Mm-hmm. He is really good at getting information, kind of like, almost like that Black Ops kind of thing. He's good at that stuff, too. Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of good options. Like, you, you have your non-powered options. Like, again, Nightwing could fit here as well. Mm-hmm. You have Punisher. You have Red Hood. Batman, if you can get over not being, like, the direct leader exactly. type thing. You could even a go... Green uh, Arrow, Hawkeye. I was about to say, Steel. you could even go to uh, Grifter from Wildcat. Like, Ooh, wow, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's pretty badass, right? He's pretty badass. But then I'm just thinking, like, you know what? Hellboy kind of has all that. Yeah, he does. But he, he also kind of helps out on, like, the mystic front. Mm-hmm. True, and true, true. He helps out on the mystic front, which is, like, at this point, primarily Loki with Moon Knight being... I believe it was referenced in the past as magic adjacent. Right. <laughs> right. In... In that uh, Damnation story arc, he was described as magic adjacent. Facts. He's not necessarily into that, but he's has enough experience with it. He, and again, someone else who could also fit in here is almost like that Swamp Thing, Man Thing oh, yep. type. Absolutely. Guys. Absolutely. They have that ability to kind of infiltrate into stuff, find stuff, and I believe, what is it? Man-Thing is the DC version who can kind of create portals through connecting to the green. Mm-hmm. And almost, like, create portals. Like, he can also get teams into those places. Right. So, it's like, at this point, we have to figure out who would almost work best with this team. Yeah, so let's look at the team again. Um, would Phantom X be a team player. Well, we've already seen him. He was with uh, X-Force for a while, right? Yeah. But again, it also depends. Like, this is a team we're building as, like, a generalist team. True. It's not like... True. It's not like a strike force type thing where, like, X-Force was. Right. And in a generalist team, I don't feel like Phantom X necessarily plays as well. I actually with agree others. with that. I actually agree with that. He, Especially he some will of these it. others. 
he will if it suits his needs. Like he he's teamed up. I think again. I think it was Schism, mm -hmm. or no, not Schism. It was one of the other ones where there was two X Men teams like beating the ever living shit out of, of each, each other. other. Right, right. And Phantom X actually worked with like one side basically had gambit the other side ran phantom x in that spot mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's but it's again it's very it also suited his needs it kind of yeah. let him one-up gambit right it's like yeah you know you think you're the best thief but look what i just did and he's also like, he's, I, I he's also kind you. of a wild card um a lot of the times and i think he would annoy the shit out of black panther i really do think he would annoy the fuck out of him just annoy yeah him. <laughs> you know that's that's absolutely fair. It's like that's one of those things where I don't think he necessarily he would play well with someone like Loki, mm -hmm. and even Moon Knight to an extent. Right. I don't think he would play well with a lot of these other guys. Yeah, he wouldn't gel in with them with that like that. Like Black Panther, probably not. Nightwing, probably not. Mm -hmm. Rhino would probably just get tired of his shit. Step on him. <laughs> and like Forge is kind of again they'd pr probably kind of been more on equal terms rather than Agreed. anything Bizarro would at first probably get confused mm -hmm. but judging mm -hmm. that we're we're basing this off of the Red Hood and the Outlaws version right? he'd get over that confusion and probably just get real tired and just beat the <laughs> crap out of him <laughs> Yeah. Quasar would probably just beat the crap, crap out, of out of him. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, it, it also depends on them being able to catch him. The whole misdirection thing works in his favor. There, very, but, very true. Very true. But it's he wouldn't work well with the team. I don't think. Nah, nah. I think. And right that's where right. I feel like Punisher also wouldn't necessarily work with the team. Right. He would work well with someone like Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. You. He'd work well with someone like Nightwing, who kind of basically fills that almost daredevil role. Right. Works well. Mutual respect, even if there's a disagreement in in their methodology. Right. Yeah, it's like Nightwing fills in that almost daredevil role for Punisher. But he, he really would does. not work. He would not work with Loki at all. He would not work with Rhino at all. He would definitely he would, not work. with no, he wouldn't work with none of these villain. He would not. He would <clears throat> possibly not work with Bizarro or Forge because mm -hmm. they've both kind of filled the villain role in the mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. So he just, despite being one of the best guys at that role, Facts. would not fit the team. And he's not necessarily a big team player, anyway. anyways. Facts. At the best of times, he's. When he works with a team, it's very shortly, and it's usually with guys like, again, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, mm -hmm. Moon Knight, mm -hmm. and sometimes Night Thrasher and Spider-Man. Right. He doesn't do teams very well, never has. Probably never will. And probably never will. He's not a, he's not a big team guy. And which leaves... I believe we have uh, Swamp Thing, Man Thing, Hellboy, 
and honestly, we probably could include someone like Wolverine or X-23 in this role as well. That's true. Wolverine definitely has the temperament to be annoyed but not killing each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Plus, Wolverine has worked with guys like in the same vein as Nightwing in the past. He's Tracks. worked with Black Panther on multiple occasions. Tracks. He's worked with Forge. He's worked with Forge. He's worked with Rhino. He's worked with Quasar. Yeah. Yeah. He's worked, and judging how, like, he's worked with Bizarro types. He's worked with Moon Knight in the limited aspect. Damn, Wolverine Loki Lo- Lo- Loki is probably one of the few guys he hasn't actively worked with. Right. That one, he might just try and kill Loki, but that's just... Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's Loki. Yeah, that, that's good luck. everyone wants to kill Loki at one point or that's another. Even true. when he's a good guy, you kind of look good. Me like I, mm-hmm. I, I want to kill you right now. If you don't leave, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to stab you. You know what though? Wolverine's looking good right now because there are people with some edge, you know, in this on his team. I feel like Wolverine would be damn near like he would also um back up Nightwing. For the conscience of the thing. Like, it's a lot. Wolvie's a lot in it. Wild card. <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot like, there. Wolverine will kill. Yes. He's not necessarily a killer. Right. Right. He, he He's a soldier. He's done that kind of thing. Like, that's, again, where Moon Knight's been a soldier. Forge, being an X-Man, has obviously been a soldier. Nightwing and to a lesser extent, has been a soldier, but in a more metaphorical sense. Black Panther has literally led armies. So, right. I mean, you're looking at that whole... He has that mentality to kind of get through it. And considering Wolverine's worked with Sabretooth in the past, I feel like working with a Rhino is not necessarily out of the question. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it would also make for some very interesting exchanges. Because, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, and let's be honest, Moon Knight and Loki also could, and Nightwing and Black Panther could also all at various times fill in for that specialist. True, very type true, role. very true. So this basically allows for some overlap. He's not necessarily a heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not a full-on bruiser, but, he's again, because he, 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 he can, can heal and all of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He can pinch hit in that role if he needs to. Facts. He's a survivor, so when the shit gets thick and heavy... I think at this point, it's coming down to Wolverine or Hellboy. Yeah, I think it's between those two. So let's let's talk about those two for a second. Um, uh, The things that Hellboy has that Wolverine doesn't have is uh he's magic adjacent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but having Loki on the team, who is full-on magic all day, all the time, 24-7. All day, all night. <laughs> magic, magic, magic with, with Loki and shit. So we probably don't need that as much. Um, also, uh, who's more durable out of the two? I would probably give that to Wolvie. With the combination, it, it'd of be the close. It'd be close. I, I feel like it'd be really close. Yeah, because um, the um, healing factor definitely gives Wolvie the edge, but like, 
Hellboy's he not exactly. A, he has uh, a healing factor too. It's, I don't know if it's as um as quick or as you know potent as Wolvie's, but he's been stabbed full on through the ch- through the chest before, and yeah, you know, survived that shit like you know. And I mean, his what right hand of doom is invincible. Pretty it's much invincible. Like, like yeah. There's that. Um, out of the speed between those two, the quickness. How about this? No stealth. Because for a special infiltrator, you're kind of going to need some stealth. Who do you think is more stealthy between Hellboy and uh, Wolverine? And that's... It, it's tough, because like we said, Hellboy has infiltrated and done a lot of that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But... I feel like that one would still go to Wolverine, not necessarily because quickness is going to be similar. Like, Wolverine would arguably be faster if he wasn't weighed down by oh, that know, metal, yeah. a, a few tons of uh, <laughs> adamantium. That's true. Pe- people forget Wolverine weighs like 500, 600 Yeah, he's pounds. heavy as fuck. He's 5'5", five, five and 5'2", he- and heavy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, he's five two and like five hundred pounds of rage and adamantium. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking bulldozer. But if they happen to get seen, mm. Wolverine is less likely to stick out. True. Hellboy's good, but if you're unless you're infiltrating some kind of like demonic organization realm or a or group like, like right. let's say Yeah, like you invade Trigon's realm. Hellboy's not going to stick out at all. Facts. Y- you, you invade a group like The Hand? He's Hellboy's not, not necessarily... <laughs> uh, not as much, though, given their whole fascination with true, demons true. and the beast and things true. like that. True. But let's say you infiltrate a group like Hydra. Yeah. Someone's going to notice the big red demon looking thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, as good it. as he is, if he gets seen, it's a dead giveaway. Right. If Wolverine gets seen, it might be suspicious, but not necessarily a dead giveaway that something's up. Yeah, he can actually probably uh, kill one of those guys, take the uniform, and, and you yeah. Know. And good luck finding a uniform. <laughs> well, that's not necessarily true. If, you know, Hydra's been known to experiment with some, and aim with some guys that cause like huge explosions and growth and becoming almost mindless so right. if he gets one of those guys he can fit their uniform yeah 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 absolutely absolutely but i think the fact that wolverine is also like a certified ninja facts trained by would, Ogon. yeah 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 i think that would ultimately give wolverine the edge here and not to mention, we haven't even talked about his enhanced senses, being able to see in complete darkness. Um, I mean, Hellboy can do that, too. That's true. Like, yeah. he- a that's lot true. of the things, they're very comparable. Yeah. Straight down to even, like, the gruff, cigar-smoking, beer-drinking <laughs> attitude. Right. They're, right. <laughs> they're very comparable that way. Right. So, it's more about, as good as they both are specialists, can they pinch hit in one of the other areas better? Right, right. And that's where Hellboy could fill in as a full-on bruiser. Mm-hmm. And he is magic adjacent. Mm-hmm. But Wolverine, again, can pinch it as a bruiser, not necessarily 
not necessarily fill the role as well. Right. Like, he's not going to be breaking down, you know, breaking through walls. I mean, I guess he could. He, he could, could with claws, but he's not But he, he, he's not raw strength. Yeah, like, he's not, not raw strength breaking through walls. Like, and Rhino like and Bizarro. Bizarro he, has he, stupid he's strength. Not, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not picking a dude up and throwing him nah, nah. seven, eight blocks away. He's not, like, literally... He, he, he can pinch it almost like the tank that hits and draw them. Yeah, too. yeah. He has the durability of it, if not necessarily the strength. He definitely does have a strength. He has, he has the wild card aspect. Mm -hmm. And he has the tactical mind. And that's... It's kind of I don't know if Hellboy kind of has that tactical mind when it comes to, like, full teams. Right. right. Smaller groups, yes. Yeah. But a in full team? Like two or one, maybe, like, absolutely. Right. But as a full team, when you're dealing with eight, nine, ten other people, yeah, that's where I feel like Wolverine pulls ahead. Agreed. 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 So let's, let's slide Wolverine in that spot. And we then go for the vaunted role of leader. This is interesting because I do have somebody, but I don't, my only issue with the person that I, I'm thinking of, I don't know his experience level. He doesn't have as many. He doesn't have as much history um, as some of the other very impressive leaders in comic books. So I was thinking Blue Marvel. Um, okay. Yeah, he he's been up there with like the Ultimates and stuff. Yeah, but as far as comic book history, like. We have history of, of some of these other leaders we've mentioned uh, previously in, 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 in the show. Um, he's only had that, um, you know, run where they used him consistently for a while. But I feel like with his um, his, his ability, his scientific mind, he's very he's brilliant. Um, and I, when I read that book, I really do see his his he does care about people on his team and he seems to me to be a, to be a good leader problem is though on that team he kind of like captain marvel was on that team and while they they have kind of assassinated her character a little bit over the years she still has been in leadership positions herself you know yeah so that that is my only um misgivings that if I go for uh, Blue Marvel, who also, by the way, um, could fit in as Bruiser, um, hit that cosmic level, hit stuff that cosmic level stuff, and kind of tech guy, you know, <laughs> like he can kind of do a lot of those things on there. And do we do we want a a leader that can do those things if necessary? Um, along with doing the whole leadership thing, or do we want someone that focuses specifically on leadership and not necessarily um, could fill in for any of these other dudes? Even though I think that is a plus to a degree. Given the team we have, mm -hmm. I feel like someone who can focus more on leadership yeah. is probably bigger. Yeah. I because, I mean... Yeah, sure. Obviously, the leader might go into the field on occasion. Like, look at Professor X. Yep. 
he primarily was the leader and let his, you know, guys like Cyclops or Wolverine as his tacticians sort of take command in the field. Right. But he was the leader. And then when he hit the field, it, he wasn't useless. He like, he, he could fill in. He, he did his job. He knew his role, but he was primarily a leader role. Mm Mm-hmm. And here is almost where I feel like someone who can do the job, whether people would agree with it or not, is strong. Because I was thinking, like, Spider-Man, he has has had a lot of leadership experience. Yes, he has indeed. But if people start disliking him, like, and we're not talking just like J. Jonah Jameson. And right. Daily, <laughs> right. Not Daily Bugle. Yeah, Daily Bugle stuff. Yes. But, like, if the public opinion in general turns on him, right. is he still going to be able to do it knowing that he won't be liked for it? Right. And that's a bit of a no. He wouldn't. He's kind of uh, obsessive with being liked by the people. Right. So here's where you almost have to go with someone who just doesn't care about that, whether that's Batman to an extent. Yeah, what if it's... Hold on. Hold on. What if it's uh, Optimus Prime? Like, <laughs> you put Optimus Prime yep. in their leadership. Listen, he has experience in leadership. <laughs> He's You're wars. not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. As far as being a physical threat, I mean, <laughs> he's pretty intimidating. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I can imagine the conversations between Optimus and Forge. Right? <laughs> Forge would just want to take him apart. Let's see how he works. I feel like Moon Knight would go and encourage that because it'd be funny. Of course. And I feel like Loki would as well. <laughs> Loki would definitely make... You know what? I don't think that Optimus would get along with Loki at all. No. I just I, I don't see it. I mean, no one gets along with Loki, though. Facts. Facts. But, yeah, I feel like Optimus might not be he able to put up with get that along shit. with Loki to the point of being a detriment. Yeah, he wouldn't put up with that shit. And that, that's the same reason why, you know, thinking someone like Doom, it would not work because of Again, someone like Loki. You know, Doom did cross my mind, too. Doom did, but him but and Loki again, just work together, you know? But. To an extent. Same with him and Black Panther. But I feel like, overall, Doom would not be able to, like... Yeah, he wouldn't be able to... Um, he wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah. You, yeah. Like, Doom might be able to handle it as more of, like, in-the-field mage-sorcerer-type role. And if the but team was sm- smaller. And if the team was smaller. I yeah, if the Doom team was smaller, yeah. I feel like it would with yeah. a larger team, I don't think Doom could really fit that. It's not his temperament. I don't think he has the temperament. <laughs> but someone who, someone who, much like Doom, does not suffer fools, <laughs> but is has experience with leading larger teams, right. has experience with leading nations, mm-hmm. has experience with not necessarily being liked. 
and we have to go with Magneto. Yo. Yo. Magneto works well there. And he wouldn't even necessarily have to be in the field. I feel like he'd be maybe a bit more hands-on. Depending on what they're doing. It depends on what they're doing. But he's not someone who would necessarily have to be in the field all the time. No, and like, not at all. Look how X-Men Blue worked out. He was the unofficial leader of mm-hmm. X-Men Blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he rarely got in the field with that team. And even with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, he sent them out a lot of times. He wasn't out there. Yeah. You know? he, he was out there if he knew it was big. Right. Or he needed to make a showing. Facts. And another person to consider would be Black Adam. Oh, and much, oh, in, much oh. in the same vein as Magneto that Facts. way. Facts. Except with almost more of a bizarro skill set rather right. than, you know, fundamental force of the universe. <laughs> right. Right. Damn it. That's, and if you ooh. if you wanted to go more of the eye in the sky route, mm-hmm. Nick Fury. And Nick could definitely handle this team. He could definitely handle this team. Nick Nick could absolutely handle this team and would have no problems working with anyone on this team. Facts. He may not necessarily like it, right. but he would have no problem. He's not exactly adverse to working with shady people. At all. He could he could do all. this with his he could do this blind he could do this blindfolded. He could do that shit blindfolded. He's already halfway there. Wicked <laughs> 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 burn. <laughs> yeah, like he could do. Yeah, he could do this with his eyes. That's you didn't put up some really uh, good names up here. Maggie fits right in. Like he could handle this. Um, Nick could absolutely handle it. I feel like Batman could handle it to a degree. The, the my issue with Batman though is uh, him and Wolverine might not get along at all. Wolverine, he's not a killer, but he will kill. Or, 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 or in the uh, the way uh, rappers have said it from time to time, uh, especially Tupac, I'm not a killer, but don't push me. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not a killer, but don't push me. Right? So, I don't know, man. It, it really depends on how, like, if we're going, like, the eye in the sky, he'll hit the field if he has to, like we were originally thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Nick Fury gets this hands down. He gets down. it hands down. Yeah. So it depends. How strictly do we want to adhere to that? I feel like, shut up, Kent. I feel like we have enough um, powerhouses on the team, right? That with energy projection and, and with Quasar, Loki, um, even um, Bizarro, right? I feel like Magneto. As good of a leader as he is, and I think he may be overkill in that position. I think a Nick Fury, because what Nick lacks as far as superpowers, he makes up for in resources and also prep time. I think he would have something for every last one of these motherfuckers if they decided to go rogue or do something. Nick would have something for him. Like I got something for that. There's an and app for that. That's exactly it. Because I mean, again. Wolverine, he, he is a good team player as much mm-hmm. as he hates it. Yeah. Well, not necessarily hates it, but he just doesn't like people knowing. It's like, 
he's actually a giant softy, but he doesn't want anyone to know. Right, that. right, right, right. But he he's known for occasionally just sort of fucking off and doing his Facts. own thing. Facts. Moon Knight. We've put him in the wild card for a reason. He could easily fill in that specialist infiltrator role. Yep. yep. He he can back up as a tactician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's a wild card for a reason. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Again, if, if Rhino or Bizarro or Quasar or Forge kind of go off the rails, because all of them have been villains in the past as well. Absolutely. He has something like he easily has stuff that can keep guys like Rhino and Forge in check. Yeah. And given that he's had enough dealings with groups like the Kree and all that, he has stuff that could deal with Quasar. And given that Bizarro is much in the same vein as a lot of the high end Kree, like again, Quasar, Captain Marvel. Right. Your, uh, doesn't matter which version of Captain Marvel, they've Facts. all been up there. They, they all have that very similar power set. The fact that he's dealt with guys like Hyperion, Sentry, and those guys are not not Superman clone in the sense that Bizarro is. Right. He's literally a Superman clone. But in that same vein of power set that's almost insurmountable when approach one-on-one he's capable of dealing with that which means he could deal with bizarro right he's has enough experience with asgardians that he could help keep loki on track mm-hmm. and he has his intelligence agent uh agency he knows a lot of shit a lot of secrets a lot of things weaknesses about people where their their uh, uh safe houses are like he does, uh, 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 he has profiles on nearly oh, everybody. Everyone. Psychological profiles and all of that. Like he knows how to manipulate people to get to do. I think Nick Fury's the dude. <laughs> he's the honest guy. He's the dude. I think he's the dude. Yeah. I really do. About the only person on this list that. I, would, I won't say would um, wouldn't respect, but would attempt would would try him. It's probably Loki, because you know the whole God mortal shit. That's the only yeah. one that would probably try him. Now, now the next question is, which version of Nick Fury are we doing? Oh, I'm going with um the old white standard, dude. Yep, I'm going with standard, <laughs> standard old white. Because I, I I do kind of enjoy Nick Fury Jr. Me too. He's dope. Which is, again, based off of Ultimate Nick Fury. Right. Which was based off of Sam Jackson, who we all know is the MCU Nick Fury. Right, right, right. right. Even though Ultimate Nick Fury came first, it was more, they used his likeness on condition that if Nick Fury was ever in a movie, he got first shot. Right, right. And, well, here we are today. And here we are, right. So... I don't know. I, I'm I, when I when I picture this, I'm I'm thinking about the Samuel Jackson version, aka Nick Fury Jr. But I the the, the old version of Nick Fury, he was ruthless, man. He was absolutely ruthless, ruthless. And I think you need that here. Like I really think you need that here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
And you know, he he would be able to find uses for guys like Nightwing as well, exactly. who aren't necessarily super powered, but has a very similar skill set to a lot of his agents. Not sure. Exactly. Like exactly. If you're telling me Nightwing couldn't go toe to toe with Black Widow who does have a super oh, soldier serum in her. He absolutely could. He, he absolutely, absolutely could. could. He he could absolutely go toe to toe with Hawkeye. That's right. If, if Hawkeye spots him first, maybe oh, yeah, not as might, much. Yeah. <laughs> but Nightwing's good enough that he might not even get spotted. Right. I mean, he was trained by uh, the Batman to be damn near invisible and shit when he needed to be. So, and uh, I feel like Nightwing's one of those guys who could far with Black Panther and mm-hmm. Wolverine and Moon Knight, mm-hmm. even without powers, yep. spar with them, and it would still be a good workout for Black Panther and Wolverine and Moon Knight. Facts. Not necessarily one he would win, because I feel like all three of them... Moon Knight would probably be a 50-50 thing, it depending on, on which version. era. Yeah, it depends on what which, version. Which era of Moon Knight. Yeah. Well, this... like, he, he absolutely would not win Black Panther or no, Wolverine. Nah. He, he would be able to give him a good workout. Yeah. But current Moon Knight, uh, Nightwing doesn't have a chance. <laughs> no, he doesn't have a chance. The versions of Moon Knight where they actually give him mystical powers, mm-hmm. then Moon Knight would win yeah, for sure. Exactly. If it's the versions of Moon Knight where it's more, he's more crazy than anything else. Right. It's still, I'd say, it's a fairly even match mm-hmm. with an edge to Nightwing because Nightwing knows what's real and what's not. Right. Moon Knight would be bound to potentially just. What the hell is that? Piss off, Conchu, I'm in the middle of something. Right. And then get clocked. So, I'm thinking we have a killer team right here. Um, I think that this team here, I would put this team up against almost anybody. Um, Yeah. Pretty pretty much almost anybody. Um, in, and that, that includes heavy hitters, uh, like the Annihilators, uh, which are extremely powerful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, extremely yep. powerful. And I feel like this lets us do, because every team eventually goes through changes, Right. this lets us do some reserves, because we had a few close calls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, again, we could throw someone, again, Magneto in the reserves. That's right. Hellboy in the Hellboy reserves. In reserves. right. Uh, Zatanna would easily fit in the reserves facts, there. Facts. You know, Lex Luthor and you know, Lex Luthor and Iron Man in the reserves. Mm-hmm. That uh, gives us that's right. kind of like the backups if any of these guys Go can go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially for a longer term thing. If it's like can't go for like the one mission, it's like whatever. They have the guys to fill in. Right. Right. But if it's like, hey man, this guy's down and out, right? For good, in quotation marks, because we all know what for good is in, in comics. comic books, right, right. Then we have these other guys who could fill in, and again, most of them could hit multiple roles. Magneto can fill in as a leader. He can fill in as a tactician. He could fill in in the wild card. Yep. And. Arguably, he could fill in in the bruiser role. I was thinking that same thing. Thinking that same thing. 
uh, Hellboy can fill in that specialist role, that mm -hmm. bruiser role. Mm -hmm. Iron Man can fill in for that specialist role, that tactician role. And kind of bruiser it's too with some of his armor. Like, <laughs> so that armor. I feel like he'd be more tech guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. But, I mean, his strength same, level same in those effects, suits yeah. is kind of high. And his durability is kind of high in those suits. So, if he, if he pulls out the Hulkbuster... That's pretty powerful right there. Like he can, he can, he can, he can destroy some things with that. Um, oh yeah. So we we have we have we do have the reserves, right? We do have the reserves in case anybody goes down. Um, some of the reserves can fill uh, multiple, multiple roles. Fact, most of them. Most can. of them That's can. Kind of why they'd be in the reserves, right? Like, people who are kind of like on call for the Avengers aren't. Or just only right your guys who can fill in for like doesn't matter if any of these five guys go down they can fill in there facts yeah i think that you know i think we got a pretty solid team right here That'll be very hard to put down. <laughs> so like, yeah. It'll be very hard to we, put we down. Got all bases covered as far as, you know, being able to deal with the magical aspects, mm -hmm. dealing with strong, just like overwhelming brute force. Right. Comes like the tactical advantage and planning for specialized events. Facts. We have guys who can kind of deal with any tech issues or enhancements or even develop the tech needed for a mission right we have guys who can handle events at the cosmic scale right and because we have all these wings covered it lets us be a strong generalist team this is your justice league this is your avengers right this isn't just like a, a street level thing oh no like uh, this is we can this is um, a full we do have this some street level dudes yeah, we you know we do got some street level dudes. We can cover a lot of bases with this. With this, team. yeah, this is like. a strong generalist team. Like mm -hmm. remember, Avengers still have guys like Spider Man regularly. Facts. They have Wolverine. They have, they've had Moon Knight. They have, you know, they've had Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Like they've had a lot of ground level guys, right? As well as their big heavy hitters or you know, city-level, continental-level stuff. Right. But, again, the whole point of a team like that is that they can cover all the bases versus something like the Modern Defenders, which is a street level that can kind of move up to, like, cover in, an entire city in a push type mm -hmm. thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Same with Batman and the Outsiders, Red Hood and the Outlaws. They're not necessarily handling continental threats or planetary threats but they're good at street level teamwork and even moving up to like city level on a regular basis right i think it works so uh there you have it folks this is our official <laughs> team for the metas and mutants podcast um and we're taking on all comers if any of you Feel like you can put together a team that can go toe to toe with these guys. Uh, let us know. 
because I would love to do a versus breakdown. Um, oh, for sure. You, know, you, guys, you guys get together a team that you think can go toe to toe. Yep. With this, and it's especially if it's in like the same vein. Like, yeah. You don't have like. Oh well, the whole Justice League of America, and it's like seven hundred <laughs> members could fight them. Like, yeah, no <laughs> right, shit. that's 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 over. Come on, come on. But like, oh, all of Krakoa could fight this. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. But give us a team of like ten guys or so, and mm-hmm. maybe one, or, and throw in a couple of guys who could be reserves if mm-hmm. things fill out. If you think they could go toe to toe with this group, we know. will absolutely break it down. And if you win, well. Collect your roses. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Yeah, so the challenge is out give there. Give you the belt. We'll give, give you the belt. We'll give you the belt. The challenge is out there. The, the, the um, ball's in your court, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, I want to I wanna thank you guys for listening. Um, we really appreciate the attendance. Like I said, like I say all the time, I pay attention to the analytics. Um, and we do. We have varying... Uh, consistent listeners that seem to always uh, check us out, get notification that we got something new and check us out. So we appreciate that. Um, we are out of here. Uh, fan, don't forget Fandome happens at the Saturday. end of this week. I think it's Saturday, right? Yeah, I believe it's 10 a.m. Pacific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that'd be 10 a.m. Pacific. That'd be 1 p.m. Eastern? Yep. Yep. But uh, if you need to be short, uh, just Google um, the event. It should have all of the times broken down. Um, check it out because we definitely plan on checking it out and talking about it. Um, so everybody will be up on, on board on the same thing and have seen all of the, whatever the news is that comes from this event, we will cover that. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, like I said, we are Mothers and Mutants. I'm Tombstone the Dead Man. He is Super Saga, and we are out of here. Peace. Peace.